everyone. This is episode 72. And this week, I am Comey. Oh, nice. Uh, this week, I'm Gilgamesh. Oh, my God. I went okay, down, there... a, I went down a, a rabbit hole because I never really watched Fate uh, Grand Order. And so... Oh, which oh, did you watch the Babylonia? Yeah, I got up to Babylonia, which was actually really, really, really good. Really oh, good. I fucking loved it. I actually yeah. haven't watched the last episode, but then like the movie, the second part of the movie, I think is coming out here. Yeah, I want to actually. I haven't watched any of the movies. I just I just watched the um, serialized TV uh, version. But between Gilgamesh and and Nahuatl, like uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah. sick. It was sick. So Quetzalcoatl. I, oh, is great. That scene oh where, where she's just bouncing in and just like the bodies are flying everywhere. Yes. I was yes, like, oh yes, shit, yes. they're not fucking around right now. Yeah, no, they, listen, it, I feel like no matter what studio, Fate is going to be like, we're giving you a budget, bitch. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Like, you, you better fucking animate this shit. Like, yeah, it's fucking amazing. I mean, it, it, there's no, it's no wonder that we're getting this kind of shit. When you look at the amount of money that people spend yes. on that fucking game, so so that that reminds me because we have a, there's there's a couple of anime that are running this season that are also like got essentially gotcha game adjacent adaptation. Yeah, either it's a straight up adaptation or with that uh, Square Enix one, which has a weird name that I'm now forgetting. But like they the the anime dropped with the you know with the game simultaneously so it's like yeah, yes yeah. yes it's technically an adaptation but like in reality the way it's being presented is kind of like a like a companion um media there and are that, a lot of multimedia projects being announced yeah where but, they're like they're doing simul dumps and i don't and you know it just turned out that i i think that uh man what was the hell was it called because now, now i'm gonna be oh right deep was it deep insanity like it's it's kind of a shame that oh, the oh wow I didn't even check out the episode of that because I it, saw the CG stills and I was like oh no it's kind of a shame because I wish it was better like it doesn't suck like don't do not get me wrong I don't think it's a horrible series but if only this one had been like on independently just very good that it, maybe it could stand kind of as a better model because my my real problem with like a lot of these you know gotcha game or or online card game into anime is that they are hamstrung by the need to replicate the parts of the of whatever the the mobile game that they're attached to like what that is like to play as a as a user and i really think that they should more take the um oh uh what the hell is the name of that that one um rage of bahamut they should take the rage of bahamut approach and just like mine the universe of this game for background and then just pay people who are very competent at writing stories to write a good story you know like it's i i understand doing it the other way because you want to keep that that mobile game audience very satisfied with what they are addicted to but i don't think it needs mm -hmm. to really it doesn't have to be that way so i just wish this one was a little bit better because um, it had some cool concepts and at least from like the background art and other things seemed pretty inspired and had a budget. I mean, there's a legit budget behind this. So it is what it is. I don't want to get too drawn into it though. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we can come back to those yeah. topics. Um, let's go ahead and knock out what we going to knock out. 
Uh, Wait, when do you first? So the first thing that's actually it's just on my list is Assassin. Um, okay. This was a... I was all over the place in this episode. I, again, I'm going to point out, I didn't hate it at all. I enjoyed I enjoyed the series. I enjoyed this episode in particular. It just took me for a loop. Um, because for the most part, this was a slow relationship-focused yes. episode. But there was also like random comedy in the in especially towards the end i think i mentioned this on twitter like never in my life would i have expected that there would be a scene in this anime where a uh, uh, uh double tittied up yeah oh my god First double tittied up okay so that part i expected i expected this. <laughs> i i know what i'm in for on that i ain't i ain't too worried no it was the it was our obligatory uh scene with the goddess where we this week we the were introduced to the rap battling D- K, the oh DJ, and she was like, "Oh, you, 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 your rhymes are so hard. You but cause you know people what to the kill yourself." Thing is that she didn't even look that convinced? When she didn't. But through. but the did you did were you ready for like her to come in in full DJ outfit with the turntables and the boombox? But I loved it. I'm I like, what it. kind of the total shifts in this episode are all over the place. I will they give are. this show one thing. It keeps me fucking entertained. It is entertaining. It keeps me entertained. And I will say that the visual aesthetic, like, it's v- extremely consistent. Oh, yeah. Like, I agree. It's it's very consistent. But, yeah. No, wasn't... I I The fact that, like, he points the gun at the goddess in the opening... I'm like, even if she is an endgame villain, I don't give a fuck. Because this this girl is literally like, bitch, I done dealt with so many of you niggas. She feels like, she feels like a character out of like cautious hero. Like she's not even yes! from I feel like she's oh not even God, in she's perfect. not even she, in the same universe. Like this is you a know completely what she different. Feels like? She feels like um, Aqua from Konosuba before she met Homeboy. Oh, interesting. Because again, I never watched Konosuba. Oh, you haven't met. Oh, you haven't watched. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But I, 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 from what I've heard, I get the comparison. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have a point in the episode that make me that made me squeal. So I mean. Well, if let's uh, let's see if we can like at least walk through the the quick synopsis. So the episode kicks off. um, We get to see Lou chilling um with his new surrogate family and you get like a a, some outline of like what that dynamic is like they know all about like the assassins well certain people in the family know true right that the high the the only the the father and the the biological son Um, so the heir you're right so 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 the mother does not know and they're under a cover story where i guess he was uh uh the child of some prostitute that the father slept with and it's funny because like he seemed perfectly willing to like put that shit into the universe and just own it um because whatever favor i guess was done for him long ago really was like that serious so yeah so he's embedded with the family the mother doesn't like him and we time skip i think two times right so in this episode don't we go forward a year in total because it's like six months it's six months from when he joined, and then an additional six months from when he got the store off the ground. And I think he said. And then he... also, Maha is already trained, and we right. don't see any of that. So they just skipped that shit, which is fine. I mean, I don't really want to waste a lot of time because the primary, um, t- you know, the, the 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 real story is him versus the hero, and him sort of inter- re-intertwined with the goddess like that. We're we're almost like. Um, 
we're more than halfway done with the season and we haven't really got around to like him really he all he's really doing is like training and building himself up there's really no hint of that story um, except for the times when he mentions it he mentions he'll say like oh it, it'll be 18 months or whatever it is until like i have to kill the hero right or i'm i'm sunk you know the world is over so you know that if i were to I like like list out how far we got in further in the story in this one episode. I would argue that there was only one line in this episode that was really related to the you know the progress of this story. But time has moved a lot. So anyway, he invents uh, lotion and yes. corners corners the market Our on moisturizer. Oh well, yeah, yes, yeah. I guess it is. Yeah, he invents mo- women's moisturizer because as a skincare person you don't you can't just put any fucking lotion on your face y'all facts like, big facts like, you, you, what you are you what that. are you talking about you can't just bathe in coconut oil and like uh, no you can't <laughs> you can't uh, coconut oil will cook fuck, you yeah it'll fuck you it'll up. cook you okay, but, anyway. but but yeah so we so he invents uh you know some cosmetics and is able to corner the market on it he turns around the ugly ass wife of the dude that he's staying with this other family like uh, what a worthless person she walked in like i was ready to hate you but now that you've created this miracle skincare cream uh i accept you as part of the family even though you're the evidence that my husband was cheating and also she looked busted no shit fuck. it was bad busted it oh, was she bad busted oh my god it was it was real bad uh so we spent a lot of time in the middle of the episode just going over that the cosmetic shop there's an attempt on his life so I guess people want this this moisturizer uh, 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 recipe so much that they're willing to kidnap and kill for it. But they make short work of that assassin. And then the I guess the last part of the episode, he kind of just like leaves the girls after a ridiculous torture scene and uh, heads off to his other side piece okay. who is on we another get... island. And then, the, and then the episode's over. Okay, so I just want to say um, that nail torture. Tough. I the fucking needle under the nail. I lost it. I lost it. It was. I lost it. I nails are so sensitive. Ah yeah. I wasn't happy. I was not happy when the camera panned down and then the nail still fell. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, (laughs) I'm out. yeah, like yeah, like you know, hearing a bone break, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, but when you see that shit. But when I saw that fucking nail go underneath the nail bed, I was like, this is, that is torture. That is yeah. torture. Like, hands down. Like, can you, I, I don't want to imagine it. Anyways, let's, let's move on. I, I, I squealed. Yes. Like, that shit fucked me up. I'm not going to lie. It so, fucked me up. So, I think part of what had me all fucked up in this episode was that the scene with the goddess DJing came more than halfway through the episode. So I was already settled in to like some, you know, like whatever the vibe of the show was. So yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm watching it. What the fuck is happening? Like if this had been the <laughs> opening, like because we'd gotten an episode before where they just opened with like the goddess in her realm checking on some other um, uh, assassin candidate failing as usual. And like, you know, like it's, a, I always, I think I mentioned before that the tone of those scenes is, is very lighthearted. So it kind of 
clashes a little bit sometimes with like what the vibe they're going for but because it's in the beginning it's just like oh here's a here's like a non sequitur kind of intro and then it's over and then you're like in this in the show the world of the show this one came like 15 or 16 minutes into the show and on top of the fact that she's dressed like a fucking uh v, like a v girl um with the classic boombox and the spin the turntables she also busted out a funky rap and the guy was like rapping with her for no reason like djs yeah. don't just like walk around rapping everywhere like that's not this is like 1985 you know the set of you know mtv but it whatever. did say 30 years ago the, uh, so, that's true it did say 30 years ago but it, but it but it was still an, a little anachronistic because like her outfit is not uh for like not like early 80s dj it was like mid 2000s yeah 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 early yeah, to mid 2000s right, and then when this guy died, and then he starts singing and rapping with it, like, what do you want with my soul, or whatever the fuck it was. And then on her, uh, I screenshotted this because it's so fucking ridiculous. She had a, her DJ name on the turntable platform. It said Funky Megami in, 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 like, English. So they committed 100% to this bit. Like, no question about it. And even has, like, a logo with, like, a, a fake soundstage, which is very clearly... Um, a real photograph that's just been put through a ton of filters. So it's just it. This whole bit only lasted like I don't know a minute max, but it was just out of fucking nowhere. I just had, I was I wasn't ready. I was not ready for it. It was funny though. I, I did get a good chuckle. Um, and I'm also pretty sure not a single conversation between women in this episode passed the Bechtel test. So no. No. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't care, but some people care about that stuff, so it is what it is. Everybody was wet. Yeah, they were and there. And I, I am not surprised, but also um, I, it goes back to what I said last week. Um, this nigga clearly enjoys the... Uh, he enjoys the system behind magic more so than he does, like, this fucking, like, assassination plot. I agree. Yeah. He enjoys learning and living his life. And I think we see that with Homegirl. And we don't see that with the other girls that he sees as below himself. Yeah, he kind of he kind of vacillates back and forth. I'm like, am I manipulating these girls or is this fun? It, but then also... Okay, the wet dream. That was, I was like, out of, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> it and it just solidified. Nowhere. They were like, I can deal with it for you. It ain't no problem. Oh, damn. It ain't no problem. Uh, and it's just like, okay, like, I know we didn't start off as a harem, but like, you, like ladies, we're pushing it. We're pushing. We're pushing it very hard. It's almost like the show is fighting against becoming a, a, a harem, but it, it it already is one. You know, like, and, and you know what? Maybe that is intentional. I Maybe think that's so. intentional. Maybe it is meant to basically be like, "Oh, you think, but we're not gonna go that far." But they, actually, they, they, but like, maybe. like the the. All right, so this is filth from top to bottom. So the, you know, we, you gotta you gotta leave that part. This is not a critique. It's just an observation. The author makes filth of various kinds. It's, it's torture porn that borders on real porn. It's a regular thing. Yeah. So. That said, the fact that the story itself seems so reluctant to just dive all the way in to typical harem shit 
is in itself a way to make the audience feel better about it when it gets wet and wild. Because it wasn't, you know, like that usual, the main character is like, I don't know how to talk to women, but all these hot girls are hanging around me and I don't know what to do. Which I feel like Homeboy just fucked in the real world to kill niggas. Like, right, he, he wasn't like, an incel or anything. He just did, yeah, this no. wasn't his, his goal is not to like fuck everything that moves. Okay, that's just it, yeah. not his goal. If it or happens, get his dick wet for the first time. Right, or experience like the life of a teenager is not his intention. But if it slips in there, I think that's that's fan service for the audience. And I think this author would be more than willing to just let him fuck the girls, which is fine. Like I like I I get annoyed. That's why I don't watch or consume a lot of harem stuff where it really is a turnoff to me, because it's like if you're gonna do it, do it. And if you're not gonna do it, don't set up the, the tension in the situation. I don't care. It's not I'd rather I'd much rather like take all that energy and put it into your animation. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just do that. It's, it's cool. But, um, yeah, the last scene, he he has a, a nocturnal emission, and then both girls who are sleeping with him but not sleeping with him offer to sleep with him. So it's like, okay, we could do this if you want. But he, he, he seemed kind of taken aback by it, or at the very least, he was like, this is going to be a hassle. Which, to be fair, is how I feel about anyone who's on, on these, like, uh, the... I don't even know what to call it. Like, it's non-monogamy, but, like... I don't like you. You're not gonna man. You managing one person in a relationship is hard. Managing multiple people in relationships, especially when they all know about each other, is just too much work. So, bro, you either have to choose between being an assassin or a pimp. Like it's one or the other. It doesn't both don't work together. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah. I mean, okay. Now that you say pimp, I mean this is I'm pimp. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's not pimping them out. No. But- I mean, if he said go, yes, then I'm- you don't care about these girls. They're they're trained for one thing and one thing only. Like, I mean, he's not a bad guy per se, but even his underlying adult personality is not like, uh, oh yeah, I'm out, I'm just out here to respect these hoes. Like, nope, that's that's not how he do. So, which is not what I'm in his, in it for, anyways. But also, okay, I feel like we can go in circles. Okay, we really could, on. yes, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. What what do you, what shall we tackle? You want to do? Hmm. Where are the feelings strongest? That's the question. I guess the strongest feelings are with the numbered one. So I guess mm. we'll save it for last. Yes, that's right. So we can talk about Paladin in this case, which is yes. The, okay. Yeah. So, give me give me what you got. Loved it this week, and I hate that I said that I loved it because I loved it because of the trauma. <laughs> I loved it because everything that happened in the previous episode made sense when they explained Menno's background. And I hate that he had to go through that shit. But then I also loved the finer details. I love that because he was a half-elf, he aged faster than the other elves, but slower than humans. Right. I love the typical, like, ignorant elven trope where they were like, oh, you're not fully elven, so we're going to ostracize you. Why are I mean, elves always they're... racist? Why, yeah, they, yeah, when, they're, did they're, they're always... when did this happen? Like, every elf, like, in everything are, like, insular, just, yes! like, anti, yes! an, like, literally racist, you know, because they hate humans and other things. They don't hate animals. So it's like, what the fuck? Anyway, I'm just, uh, but go no, on. No, 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 you are, you are dead on. 
Um, the thing with his mom, I am completely in favor of what the mom did. <laughs> Just you know left what? and came back pregnant. The time. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like it's not like she came back pregnant with the intention to die. Oh, sure, yes, I know, I know. It's like. You know, she went, she lived her life, and she was like, yeah, I got some dick, and it was right. great. And, you know, this happened, but, like, I'm having the baby, and that's what it is. So, like, it's not like she was like, oh, I have a deathly disease, but I went and got pregnant to leave behind a legacy. It's like, no. Like, it, from the from the sound of it, it sounds like, you know, she had every intention of fucking raising him, and shit just got fucked up, mm-hmm. and everyone in the village were pieces of shit. And then also, it includes like, well, where the fuck is his family? Right. Like, did she have brothers and sisters? Where your uncles and aunties? Like, there's no, you know, people don't have like main characters can't have families. Oh yeah, you're right. They, oh they yeah, can. we've been talking about this a we lot. We can't. They yes. can't have it because then that you have to yeah. be consistent about shit, and like if yeah. you were raised well. Then there's no drama because you're just like a, yeah. a a normal, well-adjusted person. That's why all all you ever notice, like in especially in anime, all the family person characters, whether it's like a family man, warrior, or like the the war, but like they the priest, yeah, like they suffer, and they're always they have to be separated from their families as well for like the drama to work, like. You know, the death flag where it's like, I'm thinking about my wife and my newborn child. It's like, oh, they're never there. It's just it's some, as soon as he tells you, like, all right, nigga, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> yes. And uh, I I just, I don't know. I, I hate to say that I enjoyed the episode for that reason. But also, it's kind of just like, well, Mendel kind of was just like a broody bitch yep. in the previous episode. So now that we have the explanation for it. It makes sense, and it makes me enjoy it. Like this, I think this was a proper character development of uh, the uh, B protagonist. Correct. So um, let me quickly again run through the synopsis. So the episode starts out. Will and Mendel are on their way to take care of the demons in the second town that got invaded. Will tries to make friends with Mendel. Washes them. Yep. He tries to make friends with Mendel at first. Gets rejected. So basically tells him to shut the fuck up. I'm going to bed. Um. They get to the the village. It's a straight up fight scene where uh, Will basically one one v everybody for like a few minutes. Kills off all the high level demons. Mendel comes at the end with some whack ass quote where he was like, "Oh, I saw you were winning, so that's why I decided to step in." Like you bitch, motherfucker, bitch! Oh my god, yes, I was like, this is some bitch made shit. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because I could tell you were winning. Fuck off. But anyway, like everyone in the village is dead. They run across a bunch of dead bodies. Eventually, they get to this really fucking fucked up scene with the the undead little boy who was like, I guess, Will's friend from the village. And then Will does doesn't even want to touch him because he's like this filthy creature you crawled know what? its way out. There's one him. way that you can fuck me up. It's child mortality. Yeah, and so it's child mortality. So Will Will basically covered for his for his not homie and is like, don't worry. He made an excuse for him and then like lets the soul go on and. Then we have the scene with Will's adopted mother, who has a you know we see her both when she's clearly in her thirties, and then again when she's like like seventy or eighty years old. But like there's that that line that Will says about like damn she's a powerful ghost, and he was about to fucking banish that bitch back to the shadow realm immediately, then, like, <laughs> almost like sliced her. Yeah, and then and then uh, Mendel was like, no, nah, hold on, that's the you know that's the homie, and they have like a heart to heart and. The people come back to the village. They get drunk, and then they have, then they go up on the on the mountain and they talk to each other. And that's kind of when you get the info dump of 
uh, Mendel's backstory, which is, yeah, as we discussed a minute ago, like the, I won't say typically tragic, but bad. I mean, we already knew it, it kind of sucked because he was out here with the humans when he, everyone would have expected him to be in the village. And uh, the episode kind of ends with them becoming not only good friends, but, you know, Will succeeds in making another convert to the, the House of Jehovah. because that is what this series is it's him going around just proselytizing all the vulnerable people he runs into (laughs) so um and i think we have a setup for next week where he's gonna go attack this mountain full of demons i assume it's just gonna be pretty straightforward now but maybe there's some other twist involved we know there's gonna be a boss so that's cool so just give him something to do and we're at the i think the halfway point for this season and i i'm curious where it's going to end, given that we haven't even met, like, the other half of the primary cast. So, I just got questions. But it was a good episode overall. and It was pleasant. I agree. I completely agree. I think that the mental focus was needed, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And it made sense now that, like, you know, he pledged. I'm also very interested in, like, um, pledging yourself as a as a surrogate servant to another god but not forsaking your own god so yeah. i'm wondering like does that make mental more powerful i don't i don't know what the sense, because he has like of the full blessing of one god and a partial blessing of someone else's god and then also like is he uh, will's disciple or squire or something yeah shit? Like, i don't know i'm i'm I curious would... but also in general I love, 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 love the Fey magic system. It's cool. I fucking love it. I love that the magic in and in and of itself has like a mind of its own because, in a way, that can uh, um, make up for your own like flaws. So yeah, no, I think it's neat. Um, the only other notes I kind of had on the episode were they went out of their way to at least give Mendel a reason to believe in the character traits of the main character of Will. You know, like yeah. this is a very yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a show that kind of wears all of its emotional through lines on its sleeve. Like it's not a case where you're kind of guessing, say like for Will, right? You you we spent enough episodes with him that we know that he is honest, he is, you know, very forward, he cares about people, he also will cover for other people's, I won't say, like, bad behavior, but, like, you know, he wants to smooth things out. He's a get-along kind of person, and so that then is reflected in um, how people treat him and he treats other. Like, I kind of want to see him grow up a little bit more. I thought that maybe Mendel would keep a little bit of the cynicism, a little more than was sort of dealt with this episode to give him a counterpoint to some of the beliefs that he has absorbed so far that didn't really happen and it's not really a big deal i i I, this show has a lot to do and a big world to build so we don't necessarily need that back and forth um so i i I, again i I enjoyed it there's also some some halfway decent animation even though we got cgi monsters and uh take from that what you will i didn't think it was too bad but Oh no, um, that Manticore, I actually, you know what, I thought the Manticore was with the shits, and then he just killed it. He one-shotted mostly everybody. I legit, because the Manticore was actually moving, and I was like, oh, okay, he's gonna have a little bit of, nope, it's dead. Uh, Nah, bro. Okay. Get get him out of here. Yeah. (laughs) 
you know, we I that means in the future we're going to have a demon that's going to be like, nigga, you thought. Yeah, and I think that's good. We need something for him to struggle against a little bit because he's been ever since. I mean, you kill a ge- echo of a god and you've got like super weapons. There's not a lot that's going to get you in struggle mode, but hopefully there we get a little. Yes, bit of and he killed all of them without even sheathing the fucking. Soul he did. Blade. Yeah, he didn't use the the real one. He used the little spear. It's fine. Again, nice, nice episode all around. I mean, too. the people who have read the source material, they all have said that this this show is a slow burn. So, totally I'm, fine with that. F- yeah, fine. like you know what, it is what it is. I will be okay. Um, all right. So we're eighty six. This is a so, there's so much like that I want to talk about in this episode. Let me get the uh, the synopsis out first, and okay, then yes, you go, yes, and then I'll follow you, up. No, 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 no. You, you. How about you go? We'll, we'll get the synopsis out the way, uh-huh. and then I will just intersperse because okay. I feel like you have more detailed analysis while I have just emotions. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, we're th- this week's episode of eighty six was a dense one. Um, we still haven't gotten to the the main uh, uh, fight to take down Morpho. So this is again. Um, planning set up, but I think th- by the end of the episode, obviously the action starts. So um, we start things off. We see the the president sort of going back and forth with a one of the generals from the last episode, and they have a. It's not a long conversation, but it it's like this recurrent thing where uh, the show wants to discuss the ways in which, like, even a place run by good people with good moral and ethical values can still uh, engage with things like, you know, discrimination and so on. There's a line, and I don't know if it was in the beginning in that first conversation with the general, or I think maybe it came later when the, uh, what is her name? What is that, the the woman's name, who's their, their commander? Um, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting it. But the spider, you know, she, her, her, her moniker is like the spider. Um, she has a conversation with another... Uh, senior commander and she makes this point or he asks this question really about are the 86 are they people that we that they as a society want to integrate into themselves because in some sense they're just they're just monsters who were birthed on the battlefield and maybe they're subhuman you know in a way like and i think it's a continuation of what they talked about last week um but uh the decision is made to use some kind of novel new technology for the insertion so they don't all die on the way in in helicopters. And then and now I think about it, like their plan was to do a, a slow aerial insertion via fucking helicopter. Of course it was a suicide mission. Exactly, like, yes. Like, what do you mean? So we get like a, the, what is it, Nachazar, which is a ground effect plane, which I think is really cool. I'm a, I'm a military tech nerd. And like GEVs are like this weird... They're they're a real thing. They were built up in the Cold War. If you ever go look on uh, Wikipedia, you can do a deep dive on like lost Soviet super weapons, and they had like GEVs that were designed to like carry nuclear missiles. And when you see them, they look like nothing you would ever guess a like would be made as an attack vehicle. But it's real. It's a it's a real thing. So I thought it was cool. We got the introduction of that, like uh, their new transport craft that I hope we see it doesn't get like burned up in the attack because it's super cool looking um there's also a really good heart-to-heart scene right afterwards involving um shin and frederica where i at some point in the scene i was just hoping that shin would turn around and be like 
you feel all those things, and you're not wrong, but also, you're a child, shut the fuck up, go away. Uh, but they have a heart-to-heart, basically, him saying to her, like, you can't put the weight of your uh, failure or sense of failure with Kiri, your knight, onto me. I'm a different person, and I've got my own shit to carry, and so on. But it basically boiled down to just Frederica saying, I don't want to watch other people die. Which, could have just led with that. Like, that was a very adult conversation to be having with a, I assume, an 11-year-old or a 10-year-old. But uh, it was what it was. They split up. She is essentially the only one on the team who can't go on the mission. Um, we find out that the lieutenant colonel is also going to pilot the plane. So basically, the whole main cast is all going into combat. And then there's about, like, I'd say five to ten minutes at the end of just the prep to leave and uh, and the surprise phone call from the president where... You know, he's acting like a damn adult. And then when he, he finishes, like, his pep talk, he's like, uh, he's like, and if you all fail, I'm going to end humanity. And I was like, ah, duh, 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 what? What the fuck? I what? love it. I love it. Yes. He said, I'm going to destroy the world. Uh, and then we just head into the credits by getting the start of the battle and listening to a lot of the radio chatter from the Federacy troops who are, they're basically, they're not, they are dying. not. They're dying. It's not a suicide attack. But it's an attack that's not going to succeed, and so they focus on the ones who are getting killed, not really cursing the 80s. Like, they're showing that they, there's this line at the end where the, there's a guy on the radio, and they're just talking about, like, you know, the, the everyone's dying. And he says, those goddamn disgusting 86, and then he, like, trails off. And it sounded like, you know, they were both denigrating them, but also, like, they need to win, they need to go out there and do it, like... They were disgusted. The people were disgusted with them, but then at the same time, they were proud of them. So it was a very interesting dynamic if you take that line and then stand it next to the one at the sort of the beginning of the episode where people are questioning higher up if they're even human at all. Um, so that's the, the synopsis for the episode. What were your high moments or low moments, I guess, for uh, this episode? The Notch Zahar. Yeah, the vampire um, of, the, of the east or whatever it was. The yeah, whatever the fuck that was. You niggas just need to give me um a bipedal suits. <laughs> like give they have their me... white base. They have a white base now. So they have a white base. Like what are you? Uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Give me the bipedal mobile suits. Be, you know you want to do it. That would be so I, sick. Oh, I, I know that, like, maybe, you know, you're, like, they were hesitant, and they were like, oh, you know, those are it's an oversaturated market. You have made a name for yourself. Give us the shit. We want it. Yeah. Now, you have a white base. You literally have a white base that is not even, like, it's, it's not even, like, you know, a fucking, like, um, nuclear bomb. No. That, like, can, like, do anything. It's literally just like bitch it's a specialized fucking ship and when we drop you niggas you're gonna drop hell it's a supersonic gev that drops robots like let's go yeah like it is so when they went into details on how that shit moved i was like this shit this is what you should do this is how you enter into the mobile suit um, mecha market. <laughs> this is how you do it. Yeah. Where you actually do something that is different and eye-catching enough to say, like, wait a second, what's that? Hold on. Wait a second. Okay, yeah, well, Gundam, Gun- yes, Gundam has done all of this, but they're doing this. 
and but then if they do this and then you transition into the bipedal gundam-esque market bitch we're there give me that because, shit. i'll take because it off you because you already gave us some original shit. Yep. So go, so go ahead and do that shit. Like and, we want it. And speaking of which, the line that the president says at the end, where he basically orders them all to come back alive, I really oh, do. That, I believe you want to talk about one of the hugest death flags. Yes. That I'm pretty sure that's going to be one of the biggest death flags in anime history like a few that, years down the line. Yeah, but I actually think that they are all going to come back alive. I think the rest of the team is going to get wiped out. Oh yeah! Oh no! The rest of the team is going to die because they've already they already had the scene in the previous episode where like the other officer was like, "I can't," and even came up when they were talking on the radio. Like it sounded like everybody was willing to, to sacrifice themselves in order to make sure that the 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 eighty six well, yeah, members the came back boy, alive. I remember the older guy was like, "You know, I've lived my life." Yeah, that's like, a very Japanese sentiment. Yeah, I mean. Niggas, I mean, life expectancy is long nowadays. So, like, nigga, like, I've lived partial my oh. life. <laughs> I would like to come back. Well, the cool, okay? uh, the thing it reminded me of was when um, the Fukushima disaster happened and all that, you know, uh, contaminated water got spread over a bunch of towns. And so, oh, during, so during the cleanup, they, a lot of the elderly residents of the region, the, the, the um, prefecture, I think that's how they, they're broken up. Yeah. yeah they volunteered to basically go out in the hazmat suits. Risk their lives. Yeah, knowing full well that, like, those suits were not going to protect them from everything. And so they were like, there was a, the, you know, the statement going around was like, you know, we've lived, we've had full long lives, we want to entrust a safe, you know, place for the future generations to live in. So we're willing to risk uh, death through oh, horrible cancer, ex- you know, carcinogen exposure and radiation, um, and we don't want young people doing this. Which always stuck with me as just a very collectivist attitude but like you know it's it's a it's a minor trope that's not completely well, false i i love that sentiment but then also it's just like the birth rate isn't it rapidly declining yes the, there are the, that i mean look i'm no cultural anthropologist i'm not that much of a weeb that i could tell you the ins and outs of Japanese I mean, society, I, I know, but I, I know, know a cultural anthropologist. So like, I can get these. Facts, yeah, yeah, right? but oh, I, like, my understanding is that that is a lot more to do with changing uh, social con- like constructs. Like, for example, women working um, a lot more. Like, they, by integrating women into that aggressive Japanese workforce, there's less time for relationship building. The whole herbivore man thing that they have literal government programs there to try to deal with. And everything in between. So I don't. I'm not yeah. here to point a finger and say like, what is what? Because um, I don't. I'm. I ain't Japanese, and you know I don't what? Say There's that shit, one but... random thing, and this has nothing to do with the show. But I would be very like shocked, and also actually not even shocked. I, I would feel like, what if Japan like integrated? Actually, that's not for this right now. Okay. <laughs> just, that's, just that's, you tell me. A... Say, just import all the weebs. So they can no, get well, there no, and get no, their no, numbers no, no, up. No, no. Well, no. I oh. was thinking of um, a system where they were just like, um, uh, no. It's, 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 it, no. It's no. all good. Okay. I, I feel, okay. I feel, I feel like it would piss niggas off. Never mind. It, it probably would. Yeah, it probably will. No, yeah, no. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I yeah. will say it in another episode, y'all. But it's Damn. The, the thought I'm ready for this. Point. I want to know what this is now. I'm now I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, I'm definitely intrigued now. <laughs> what 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 is uh, Jordan's plan to save the Japanese 
culture from the gays. rapid decline. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to we'll get to that then. That's great. I love it. I absolutely um, love it. Okay, so Fuck, we're, where were we? Uh, oh, we were talking about the Najahar and the transition to yeah. bipedal and uh, um just cool you know, robots. There was a lot of like good um mechanized shots in here of like the oh, uh I, the, I the will Legion say, too. But go ahead, go ahead. My angriest moment of the episode was when they panned to that nigga smiling at the launch. Um that nigga That's right, yeah. Yeah, that nigga was smiling because the president, he got in that ass to basically let him know that like if these niggas die, I will like you will not have a job. Yeah, well he basically like, asked him, like, are you a racist? And the guy's like, yes, Oh, I'm yeah, totally yes. not a racist. Yes. Totally. Yes. <laughs> totally. It's like yeah, yeah. So like when I saw that pan of like him smiling at the launch, I was like this has this has been your goal since the beginning of the season, even though you have not been categorized as an actual villain. You know so. that made me that made me think about something too. In this, the you know, light, I have a uh, still have a minor bias against light novels in general, and and like how they translate into um, anime because I think a lot of them are you know they're they're written at the Japanese equivalent of like a tenth grade level for the most part, and they're they're not supposed to be hard things to read you know the the descriptions are limited and it's just a different form of storytelling but it's but it 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 means that a lot of times when you want to really sketch out a character you have more freedom to do so than say in a um some manga formats but in general everything tends to be simple and boiled down in this series one thing i appreciate is that when a character has an ideology and that ideology is informing what they are doing in the story, they do spend enough time actually having that character explain in their own words, usually to other people who disagree with them, what the core of their beliefs are, what the what rules they want to follow, and how they are beefing with the people who disagree with them. Case in point, in that con both two both conversations, maybe three conversations. Um, that happened in this in this uh, uh, episode. The first conversation between the general and um, uh, the president, then the conversation between um, the spider lady and the other commander, and then later on when the president is like talking to um, the eighty six. In all those cases, every, the the characters who were speaking say straight up, "I believe in all this stuff, and I live my fucking beliefs. Like I'm fucking serious about this shit." And I liked when they were explaining that even though these kids may in fact be dangerous or it may be hard for them to come back and adjust and live in the real world and they're bring them basically be a productive member of their society their their core beliefs that they stand on are we have to give everybody a fair shot it doesn't matter if maybe there are problems we have to live up to our own ideals which is a good counterpoint because that's exactly why alba was a piece of shit country that they the whole first season they were just pointing out Alban say one thing, but they don't do or follow through on any of the shit they believe in. It's not to say like it, place A is a utopia and place B is literal hell on earth because like the they say it all the time. The Federacy is not perfect, and there are people with fucked up ideas and problems, but they're working on it. Whereas like Alba is like, oh, we're you know we're the we're the best, we're moral, we're winners, we're this, we believe in equality. 
until we kind of fucking don't so go fuck yourself like that hypocrisy i like the fact that they continue to in their in this season hammer it home but hammer it home in a more realistic example so i thought that shit was awesome love these kind of conversations love the philosophy and hopefully next week we get a lot of fucking action yeah next week i expect i you know what i'm not even ready for the action I'm ready for the Sawano tracks that are going to come. Oh, you saw they played the answer finally in this episode? (laughs) They did. They did. And I was like, where are the vocals? Where are the vocals? Because I saw you posted that shit. And I was just like, yes, it's amazing. Yes. Like, of course. But Sawano, you playing. Or not Sawano, the producers. They're just teasing. They're teasing. They're teasing. They're They're fucking around. Because I know... In typical fashion, that there's going to be a random ass fucking like drop, and then we're gonna get the entirety of the answer played while niggas just get washed. Yeah, like I I, I know it's coming, and I'm looking forward to it, and I want it to come, and I'm afraid. Well, no, I'm not afraid of YouTube copyright. I'm just I just know <laughs> that the majority of that episode is going to be muted. <laughs> well, um, probably like anime wise, but yep. but like y'all. Sawano is uh, like the Shoji Maguro of like anime right now. Like Damn. that nigga is necessary. Like if you put him on any, if you put him on anything, it's gonna win. It's gonna win because even looking back at Aldenoa Zero, those moments would not have hit as hard without Sawano. No, like no. that, and I can say that like with my chest out, like. Those moments would not have, they would not have been what they were without Sawano's music. Absolutely. So, not. yeah. Okay. Here, let, I'm gonna stop on that right there because okay. I could go, I could go days. Oh, sure. About the effect of Sawano and just you know, which is the oh nope. Here I go. Okay. Yep. Anyways, back to the episode. For me, this episode caps off a. a basically a two episode block where there there was some action that was thrown in there but again a lot of it was hammering home some of the same character development elements that we got before the 86 team has basically stopped you know growing uh except for uh shin because he has that other relationship with frederica and he's kind of trying not to go crazy i guess but for the most part like they've developed to where they're gonna be so i'm ready for some like action heavy shit you got people crying getting sliced in half i don't give a fuck um but let, I, I'm, I'm ready for next week yeah next week i think next week is going to be the reason for the excuse for the break could be I hope, or well I, I don't know i did you see they put out like a also a, another recap episode of like I all of season I, I, one. Nope, nope, nope. Didn't yeah, didn't touch yeah. it. Didn't touch it. Don't care. I was annoyed. Don't care. I was annoyed. I'm you know what? Y'all, I we don't want that. We I was don't want annoyed. That. We don't want that. I would rather you just skip the week as opposed to giving <laughs> me some bullshit like that. I I honestly would, but that's those those are my those are my thoughts. Those are my beliefs. Um other people, you know, you have your opinions. And, you know, that it is what it is. But, no. Like, I don't want to recap. 
Like, don't release anything. Just say there will be no new episode this week. Shit happens. Yeah. Okay, cool. Got it. Don't, oh, we're going to release a recap and technically count it as part of the season. What? Just extend your production schedule earlier into the, the well, earlier into the past. doesn't make any sense. But just start earlier. Like, what, what the fuck? Listen. Or just delay it to next season. True. I, I'm like, I'm, ain't nobody gonna be mad, bro. If well, they, I mean, if people when, will be mad, when, if Chainsaw like, Man drops and they're still having production problems, uh, I'm, I don't know what I can do, but send an angry letter to Japan, like, like what the fuck is going on here, guys? Really? I mean, I feel like people should take notes from Mappa because weren't there a lot of scenes from Jujutsu Kaisen that were like outsourced? Yeah, there were. I don't know how much it was, but like, I, I follow some of the. Well, yeah, um, I remember seeing animators on Twitter. on Twitter, right? That yeah. the people who were doing it who are freelancers. Yeah. I think I saw all that through your retweets and likes. Yeah, yeah. So they do. I mean, it, it makes a difference, no doubt. But I don't want to see it. You get what's the what's that that Spider-Man meme? Like everybody gets one. Y'all oh, got the, <laughs> the pointing. Yeah. I, listen, um, what I don't need is more gotchas. Chill, chill. Oh well. Chill, everybody. Everybody, chill. Okay. I'm so, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> chill. <laughs> no such everybody, thing. chill the fuck out. I was expecting the slime gotcha to be trash. It's not trash. Mm. You, you, them niggas know what they're doing. Mm. I, I don't need another gotcha game in mm. my near future. Chill, and I actually have some gotcha news in oh, no. the news segment that I will touch later. But yeah, so as far as eighty six. Next week, wait, is next week the last episode? Is it? Wait, is it, so. a, is it? Wait, let me. Uh, they, I, I doubt it. I, I feel numbers. like we have like, I think we have like three or four more episodes left. Um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. See, I'm not counting it as a separate season, I'm counting it as an, an addition to the first season. So, I'm counting it as like episode 18. Yeah, I see what you mean. And not like the other shit. So, like, I'm off from everybody else. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes one. it. The only thing that's ending next week is the uh, TV version of the uh, Demon Train. Um, for sorry, for, of Hell Train for uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba. So. Oh shit! Are we one week off from the new season? Yeah, We're one week. Off. Uh, one or oh. one or two. Yeah, one or two weeks. Shit. Okay. Well. Oh wow! This is gonna be perfect. Yeah. I will be talking about we. We might as well go ahead and add that on because mm-hmm. I will. Yep. Which they did announce that it's gonna be what eleven episodes. Yep. Yeah. Um. Expect that. I'm. I'm gonna be talking out my ass about that, y'all. So you know. It beats what it bees. Mm-hmm. Those last two episodes are going to be outrageous. That's all I'm going to say right now. That uh, based on what I'm, what I've seen and what I know and what I read and the way it's probably going to be paced, it's it's going to be some shit, some fucking shit. All right, good. <laughs> guess, that's a good place. Good. Um, for those are the main reviews. We each have some other stuff that we watched this week um, independently. Um, so on my end, I watched more, um, uh, Sakugan, which is really great. Um, just, mm-hmm. ho- it's just, it's just like wholesome. That's all I can really say. Like it's a, there's a, there's, I saw like a mecha thing where like the dad was piloting. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of aspects that are borrowed from better series, but like there was a two episode little 
mini arc that felt very cowboy bebop there were some other episode arcs that felt like um made in abyss but like not in the depressing way I mean, um, speaking of Made on Abyss, they released the P- the the visual for the second season. And I'm I'm nervous that everyone. Is I die. my heart couldn't take. I caught up to Made in Abyss. I haven't watched the movie. The, the, I haven't watched the movie. Oh fucking hell! Just fu- just watch the goddamn movie. You have to. <laughs> you have to because because the end of the movie will I'm fuck you up ready. so bad. It'll fuck I'm you up so ready. bad that you're gonna want to watch the rest of it. Whatever whatever the the. The season starts again because like it has to get better. <laughs> like I have to, oh, I have to know it'll fuck God. you up so bad. Oh, uh, but any, but anyway, um, but there are parts of Sakugan that are definitely borrowed from One Piece or from you know just structurally, tonally. But at the same time, it kind of it's like a stew. It kind of just melts all the edges together, all the flavors together, and it's a it's a generally wholesome show that occasionally veers into like danger with real stakes but the characters are upbeat and a lot of fun including the villainous characters um because it's more an exploration story of a father getting to you know his daughter and all this like it's it's good so i still just say if you want a palate cleanser from whatever it is you're watching and but still want like some sci-fi that's where i would point you or anyone else to is um yeah uh, sakugan a lot of fun um also watch world trigger this is the end we're coming up on the end of the rank battles but my favorite rank battle is happening now <laughs> so it's really good um more intrigue more political stuff animation is still on point and the development of some of the minor characters is being prioritized in good ways if it, like the story the show tends to like meander a little bit when it's like people standing around just having like slice of life scenes uh and this season, there's been less of that because they have to get through all these rank battles by the end of their episode count. So they're kind of moving on that side, which I appreciate. And then I also watched a little bit more um, of Love Alternative, which is just a silly motherfucking show. Because like I, I talked to someone who... Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because this... Someone basically explained to me that like this season is like the... It's like the extra content like let's say you had you had been a, a reader of the visual novels or watched the season before the season before was like bad ending right like ultimate not ultimate bad ending but it's one of the the bad endings this one is like okay the main character is replaying the story they know what's going to happen ahead of time and so they're doing all like the omake uh was it oma, no, omakase is that what it is like the extra easter egg content and so it's kind of like spooned into the series all the regular events you get these like I don't know what to call them, like like scenes that only are very meaningful to people who are very tied into what the various plot roots are. It's like, oh, here's a rare scene that you can get if you like talk to this person and say this to that person, this to the other thing. So they jump around a lot, but I, I'm still kind of enjoying it. The mecha stuff has been toned down, which is annoying me because that's why I want to watch it. That shit's good. Um, and Wait, Platinum they Me- toned the mecha down? Because, it, again, it's like, the, this the because this is the air quote good ending, the main character knows how to avoid a lot of the situations and scenarios that in the prior runs result in large numbers of people getting massacred or, or his friends getting killed in horrible, horrible ways. Like, the shit just doesn't happen because he knows how to avoid it. 
So I'm like, come on, man, you can't show me that first episode where they were like running and gunning, had all this great animation, like people getting gnawed in half, and then give me four episodes where nobody does anything. <laughs> but again, I'm not a, a big fan of the series. I don't know like the other stuff that's supposed to happen or did happen. So I'm just in, enjoying it for some ca- something casual to watch in the background. Um, not a hard recommend, but a good one. And then I'll just say, watch Platinum End. Catch up on Platinum End. There's some hot shit happening. Like, really cool shit. There was actual, like, cerebral combat this this episode, which was episode I mean, I saw someone, like, literally, like, crying upside down in a thumbnail. Oh, yeah. Yes. Pretty sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, the main character is still a a whole bitch, but... (laughs) But he, he has that, like, incel break moment, and when that happens, he's actually pretty effective. But the rest of the time, he's just like, I can't kill anybody. Oh, no, I can't do it. Oh, no. No, bro. You need to get over that. I'm waiting for that that time when, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think, like, maybe his, like, little girlfriend is going to get, like, popped like a balloon or some bullshit. And then he'll just flip Are out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping something happens. That's all I'm saying. Um, so that's what I watched. Okay. Um, I watched Ruko san and all i gotta say is that my feelings are destroyed oh no they are all over the place and the cat killer is back oh no and we gotta kill this nigga we gotta kill this nigga um damn um I this show in and of itself is nothing that I expected. But the way that things are presented, it it's it's first of all, it's not the, the presentation. It is the it is the material itself. It's really fucking good. Mm. When you consider like, you know, what they are doing with her and the possibilities of where the show can go, which clearly the show goes to those possibilities because it has a crazy ass fucking fan base that like loves the shit out of it. And I'm not calling y'all crazy. I'm just saying they're like oh, loyal. Here we go, loyal. Loyal. Um, Mushoku Tensai. Um, flawless. Damn. <laughs> like I just, I just, I. This show stays so true to to like who and what it is. But then also, like, it completely opens the audience up to saying, like, yeah, this nigga is not perfect yet. Like, he still has so far to go. So, like, yeah, like, you know, oh, you got a growth arc? That's great. Next thing. It's like, oh, but wait. It's like, no. Like, nigga, like, growth is not linear. And I think that's one of the main themes of uh, this show, even though it is not, like, openly communicated. Growth isn't linear. You're not just gonna make all the fucking leaps and bounds immediately. Sometimes you're gonna you're not you're not gonna wanna deal with that shit. It's it's like that's just how that's just fucking life. Like life fucking is just like rough and it sucks sometimes. And I think that Mushoku Tensai like perfectly encapsulates that where it's just like, yeah, like this nigga is getting better and like he does a lot of good, but in and of itself, like he himself he still has a lot of problems and like he still is a selfish little bitch. <laughs> but okay. That's beyond that. Um Osama ranking. I will kill for Boji still. 
Um, and also they have somehow managed to, um, translate the primary antagonist to another person and also empathize the previous antagonist. Interesting. And I'm just, and I'm just like, I, I cannot believe that more people are not talking about this show. Like it's honestly blowing my fucking mind. It is, it's, it's fucking phenomenal. Like it's fucking phenomenal. And, um, with the banished hero, um, I, what the fuck are you niggas doing? Um, I expected a slice of life, like chill show. Mm-hmm. That is not what I'm getting. Ooh, but I am. I'm. St- I'm very much so intrigued still. But bitch, that's not what I'm getting. Like, oh my god, so much is happening, and uh, I yeah, like I'm. I'm. I am very much so entertained. I. I am. It's not complex. But also, there there are a shit ton of plot lines, and uh, everything is not being resolved. But if once one thing gets resolved, it explains another plot line, and then we go into that plot line, and then that plot line. It, it, like it's a it's a snowball effect, and I feel like this snowball is gonna get fucking phenomenally huge. So, oh, banished cool. hero, fucking love it. Um, sadly, I have not been watching Kyokai Senki much. Um, I think I'm like three episodes behind. I do plan to catch up on it this week as a practice thing for my Patreon. So we'll see, we'll, we'll see about that. I'm only um, about an episode back. I, I tend to turn it on when I'm like done with everything else. I'm like, okay, okay. I can I can watch it. Because it doesn't demand Have very much. Have the Mecca gotten upgrades yet? Um, yes. Or there's or a new it, there's a new the one third or is it the third party member just joined the third joined or showed up for the first time an episode ago and had a bunch of additional kit actually had a really good moment like a fun one um combat wise because she fights differently than all the other guys and also oh is she like oh actually you know what i'm just gonna watch it yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, she's but okay. but i'll just say that like one of the good things about last week's episode was that like you don't you think what you're hearing is the main is that character, but it's really the AI. And so the dichotomy between her AI and her personality is actually the most fun of the ones that are here. Because when I when she showed up, I started thinking about it like, huh, of the two um, pilots we've gotten so far, it is true that their AIs are kind of like the opposite of them in some way. Like the lead is kind of this like naive sort of, you know melancholy but a somewhat emotional typical kid but his ai is like the spunky version you know you yeah, can imagine extroverted that, yeah very extra right you can imagine that 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 characterization could be the lead character of a show right like a shonen uh, but then the the other one is like very reserved like the what do you call it the um, fuck now i'm forgetting all their names but the the militia kid the one he meets the second guy He's sort of like mean and short and curt, and his AI, which is coded female, is very respectful and like encouraging, and you know what I'm saying like has this very demure attitude, but not arrogant at all. Which her pilot comes off as very arrogant. So the same kind of thing here. So I, I think that's funny. I didn't notice it until the third character showed up and surprised me and others with her personality. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, okay. it's just easy to watch. It's not, it's not world breaking. It's just there. All right. Um, do you have any other shows? 
Well, the other show I'm going to talk about, I'm going to save for the recommendations at the end. So that's about it. I mean, we, it is One Piece 1000 episode this week, but I have not watched it. Yeah, I haven't touched it either, but I'm pretty sure it's getting plentiful coverage. Yep. Um, by itself. Yeah. Um, I would say, all right, let's go to news. I have a lot. Damn. <laughs> but I'm going to rush it because I know that we already are um, so far into the episode. Okay, so um, there, well, there of course there's a lot of One Piece news. Um, One Piece Red got announced, and then they like redid the first opening for One Piece, which I haven't seen yet, but I guess I will watch eventually. Anyway, also Orient premiered at Anime NYC. Um, ironically, I had a press pass and I did not get to see it. Oh damn! So. <laughs> Um, you know, that, you know, too late, you know, you, you fucking, you miss out when you fucking, when you're late. So shit happens. Um, I'm going to go towards the gotcha fucking line. Um, fantasy life. Have you ever played fantasy life? Were you a big 3DS person? No, I know of it, but I've never played it. Fantasy life was the best, one of the best IPs that level five had. Um, on 3ds and it basically was you it was it was like mmo-esque where like you had all you had like battle classes and crafting classes Mm -hmm. but they were so in-depth and the world was so big that like the progression factor was so satisfying that like it was just like i love this game like this is it gives me satisfaction to reach the next level and to do this and then also like combine these classes and like do this, et cetera, et cetera. And then they made it a gotcha game. Hmm. And now it has failed. <laughs> in service on December 15th. And that's what you niggas get. Uh... Because why did you not make Fantasy Life 2 on fucking the Switch? I'm mad. This is what you get. I'm you deserve mad. it. Because this, this is not the type of game that needs to be a got. Everything doesn't need to be a gotcha. The money is too good. It's too good for some people. Well, it, it's not good enough because they it failed. Well, you know what I so, mean. The, the 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 allure of possibly making a ton of money. <laughs> oh well, then yeah. Well, you know what? This is what you get. Level five. You have plenty of money to fucking re- um, you know, make up those losses, and you should make another fantasy life on console because there's an actual fucking console. So do that shit. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Sabakui Bisco is coming out finally in January. Yep. I'm f- I'm I'm ready. I'm fully in line. There's something about the manga adaptation second part. Um, in December 15th. I don't give a fuck. I don't want no fucking spoilers. Keep that shit to yourself. I'm going to watch the shit out of this show. It looks amazing. Yeah, but okay. I'm, I've been looking for uh, that that to come out because I want it to be as weird and over the top as the I'm uh, promotional material. I need it to be fucking weird. I'm expecting <clears throat> like Fully Cooly mixed with like Kill a Kill. Like, okay, I might be wrong, but if I'm wrong, I'm okay with that too. But I'm expecting, I'm expecting random, phenomenal Sakuga along with like quirkiness. But we we shall see. Um, oh my god, oh why did I have this here? Okay, um, 
Hello? Sorry. Dragon No, I'm I'm here. Oh. I'm breathing. Oh, Dragon sh- Ball the Breakers. <laughs> you niggas You niggas are pitiful. Oh god. Let it die. <laughs> Let it die. Why would you support this over fighters? I don't fucking know. What are you doing? I don't know. They could release ad infinitum extra fighters to fighters Z and then re-release that shit over and over again and make money. I saw it and... It's dead by daylight, Dragon Ball Z. You niggas, you niggas are going to get sued. You're going to get sued. It's it's going to happen. They're going to find a way to sue you. Yeah, I don't know what the reason for this game existing is other than it can. You know what I mean? Like it just You know would have made it make You know would have made it make more sense if it were a teaser for the next arc of Super or whatever they're going to name the next arc of the anime. But you didn't. You're reusing these assets so much that nigga, even the hardcore Dragon Ball niggas are getting tired. I so I, I need to look this up again because there was some information somewhere out there that was like doing an estimate on the value of the Dragon Ball franchise. Um, and I remember it being humongous, like, you know, in the top 20 or 25 media franchise on planet Earth. Like, and it, it, boggles my mind i mean i know it's great i love dragon ball but how in god's name is this true when they have like as a as a as cust- like toei as custodians of this thing seem to have like they seem to be dead set against making the right kind of money the kind of like sustainable when they can make more money you right right like okay let me give you an example everybody knows what a mercedes-benz is Everyone knows what a Tesla is. Everyone knows, like, th- th- I'm talking about luxury, like, car brands, right? It's true that your big five <gasps> cars make more money because they sell to more people. But, like, if you had Tesla money, don't you want your next car to not be that horrible, like, Tesla minivan? Like, remember that thing that they that Elon Musk demoed that looked like it was from, I don't know, Back oh to the God. Future? You just, you just gave me a huge idea. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, no. Well, anyway, the point <laughs> I'm trying to make is that for some reason, Toei has a license to print money and also the opportunity to make their flagship series that is so popular it was going to host the fucking Olympics. Not a person. Dragon Ball, and in particular, Goku, was going to host the, the Olympics, okay? If you've got a franchise that's that recognizable, why can't I find the prestige brand anywhere? Like, what part of it is a prestige brand? You know what they should... Why haven't you niggas made a Dragon Ball FPS I don't fucking, I don't. for the fucking Americans? Because you know that niggas love to shoot shit. So just do some red ribbon army nonsense. With, 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 with not even the fucking... Uh, well, you don't need... You don't even need guns. Just the fucking the hand, poop 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 poop, bam 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 bam. I just don't know what this the breakers thing like. Why did was this greenlit? It doesn't make me feel like it's any like any better. It feels like someone who uh, is um, how do I put it? 
someone who's been there long enough and probably isn't up to date with actually everything that's fucking going on, but everyone just has to fucking go along with them because they're there. And because they've been there so long, that's where this has come from. I'm, Anyways, uh, wait, can I go? My, on? I got a mini rant before we get off of this. Mini, okay, mini, yeah, mini, yeah, mini. no, no, because I got, I got, a, I got a proposition for these niggas. Okay, so, so I think that the biggest mistake that the you know that you know you can go back into history and be like, oh, if if someone had zigged instead of zag, maybe like Hitler would be dead and we would wouldn't have had World War Two. Like th- things could have turned out differently. And I really think the biggest error that was ever made in the continuum of dragon ball fandom and as well as all of the the franchise the products and everything else was when they caved to audience japanese audience demand when they were producing gt because literally almost all the problems that they've had in coming up with like quality spin-off products have been driven by the fact that they are still locked into the old timeline and all the very like earth specific shit because you could you could make a lot of these products and a lot of the stuff they want to do with the story feel a lot, uh, it has more longevity by just like going with that whole like grand touring sort of concept and just get off of Earth, expand the actual Dragon Ball universe and like have set all these little ancillary products and pro- everything else like out there. The, I have been having the same Dragon Ball meal remixed for me. For twenty yes. years, yes, it's everything. It's so stagnant. Even like Super is they, like they're so afraid. All the weird shit that they added, like I appreciated what they were trying to do, but it still feels like forever trapped in the ideas and the aesthetic of some shit Toriyama came up with in nineteen seventy eight. Like it's never moved on from that, and I I really blame the fact that like GT was such a flop and. The, the studio um, Toei was so reactive to fan backlash against like have, like wanting only Goku that it just fucked everything up. Like every we decision needed Gohan been, to be the fucking main. Every decision from video games to like original movies to the continuation stuff they tried to do was fundamentally tainted the moment they didn't stick to their guns and just like get the fuck away from the original part of the series and just expand, expand, expand. Like, get away. Like, it was all compromised at that point. So, I look at this and, like, I don't want to play this game. There's nothing fun about, like, I'll play Dead by Daylight. I don't want to hide from Cell, okay? That was one tiny snapshot of one moment that happened in season, whatever, season two of Dragon Ball Z. Why do we have to constantly relive the same bullshit? Anyway, I'm done. Go on. I'll, I'll leave it there. And now I'm going to go on to my proposition yeah, go for, for Dragon Ball. And you niggas probably won't hear this until probably a year or two later when we oh, build the fuck up and you have an intern go through all our episodes. <laughs> but you dumbasses aren't doing luxury Dragon Ball items. True. And I think you need to learn True. how to diversify. L- luxury Dragon Ball? Do you know how... If you had any of these rappers show up in a luxury fucking Dragon Ball anything, do you know how much money you would make? And they're into it too. These, they love. They they're lo- into they, it too. They want. They love it. Do you know how Jujutsu Kaisen is ahead of Dragon Ball with merchandise? 
because those companies are like, oh, bitch, let's make a, a fucking imprint of Sakuna's finger for chocolate and everything else. Money. Money. Dragon Ball has been around for way too long. If you make a Dragon Ball fucking chain or like necklace of Dragon Balls made out of a specific material and you highlight, oh, this is made out of this crystal, etc., etc. It's engraved by this, etc., etc. You can only get this. There are only this many in the fucking world. Do you know how many niggas would pay for that shit? Do you know how many niggas who do not have the money will go out of their way to get it? They don't get it. They don't get it. They don't get it. But you giving a shit like this? Sweetheart. All right, sweetheart. Okay. I wish you guys the best. And if you want some advice, you can hit my DMs and we're going to charge you. Um, I guess, Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we spent so much time with that. Yeah. Um, Tact Opus smartphone game has been delayed beyond 2021. I think this is a good thing. I think um, letting the anime exist as itself, by itself, for a while is a good thing. Um, I am, I think I'm like two weeks behind now? Mm. Three weeks? Two, three, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The last episode I saw was when they got dropped off in New Orleans. Okay. So the episode before, because I know last week you talked about the the old people with dementia and them staying in the New Orleans town. Or they got dropped off in Houston, and then they ended up in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I think the anime needs to live by itself for a little bit. And I'm okay with this. Yeah, it's good. This is, um, the I'm going to say the real story, or at least whatever the end game for the real story, has kind of just been introduced. So mm. whatever that, whatever that, uh, there's a, there's an aspect of tacked op that I think is already pre-built to work with a mobile game. If so I'm, I would just say that like so far watching it, I did, it doesn't feel like a 12 episode series. It feels like a 24. It so. could be. Um, the, all I'll say is that they have not leaned too heavily into broader world building. So if they kind of kept the, core cast there's like a there's an antagonist that's pretty obvious that we met in the episode you watch which was i think episode six you know the, yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. character and then maybe like the leader of the um what were they called the symph the symphonics symphonist or whatever, or whatever. Yeah. like th- like if they don't do a lot of world building beyond that kind of those couple of characters i could see that a way they could tie a story up very cleanly i wouldn't be as fun i think that the world that they're in is colorful and deserves a little bit more um like they've hinted at things i also feel like he could build a harem and i wouldn't be mad at it he could they they kind of audibled out of that in that episode at least you know because i could have seen her joining them the other unaffiliated uh valkyrie yeah yeah. It would have been cool, but they didn't do it. It's just fine. Or at least they didn't do it in Which I feel like was a missed point, to be honest. Yeah. I felt like they set it up and then they just dropped it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've enjoyed what's there. And if they could just take things a little, make, you know, expand some things just a little bit then and leave themselves some room on the way out, I could see a two season situation but is correct me if i'm wrong this is technically an, an original right it is an original yeah so maybe they just 
I don't know how popular it is. They put a lot of money into it. I don't think it's that popular because it doesn't seem to be getting that much engagement. Yeah. Um. Um. Outside, but you never know. I mean, it, it might. The mobile game itself might like catapult it, and because you know, money is money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of gotcha games, they are not afraid of like paying, um, content creators to like sponsor their shit. So yeah, you never know. That's fair. Okay. Um, um, I have two more things, and I'm done. Uh, I feel like my shit's raining so long. Um, Final Fantasy 14 has a manga spinoff coming out about school life of the Scions, and I know that probably does not make a lot of sense to a lot of people who have heard those <laughs> words right now, but um. I am, uh, I am tuned the fuck in, y'all. Like that, I, I don't think that a lot of people um, elsewhere understand how fucking popular this game is in Japan. Well, I don't. I can tell you that right now. Like it is, it's the MMO, like of Japan right now. And I do think that you know, with Asmund Gold and like you know OTK people like playing it, and a lot of like world, you know, I wouldn't say the decline of World of Warcraft, but like the scandal that World of Warcraft is going through right now, and the transition of a lot of people looking for another MMO because they don't want to support like you know the practices of that business. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen is shooting the fuck up as far as it's like sales and everything. Right. Um. So. Um, as a weeb, <laughs> um, the storyline of Final Fantasy fourteen is on it's 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 perfect. It is, it is what you want. What if you looking for weeb shit? Play Final Fantasy fourteen. This shit is weeb incarnate. And the amazing thing about it, though, is that it's weeb appealing to the masses without foregoing or forsaking the original weeb agenda. The original weeb agenda. Which, okay, that that was a lot to say. And then the final thing that I have to say that I am looking the foremost up to is... Um, uh, Tower of God is getting adapted into graphic novels. Hey, yo. Good idea. So, I will be heavily pushing this. I will be buying. I will be telling everybody. I, yeah, this is. Are you, oh, you're right. You're not even caught. Oh, boy. I'm not oh, even caught up. Oh, boy. I'm not even caught up. Huh. That's the thing, though. This is, this is one of the best things that I've heard about this series since the Crunchyroll edit. Like, or no, this is the most deserved next step based off of what we've gotten off the anime series and knowing what's going on with the Crunchyroll and Funimation shit. Y'all, if you don't, if you have not read it yet, and by the time this shit comes out, I don't care which, which format you partake in. You need to consume this fucking story. And this shit got me sweating these last few weeks too. God and damn. I'm not, yeah, exactly. See, and you, it got me, and got I me mean, out here sweating. Y'all know how James is, as far as <laughs> just like you know, like emotional maturity and just like you know, like looking at things in a very like you know, um, logical way. If 
he's sweating. Ah, I'm sweating. <laughs> then y'all can imagine what the fuck is happening over here. Oh, so that shit. means you can imagine what's gonna happen with you based off of your relation to one or the other. So <laughs> this is this is some of the best news that I have have like I've consumed within the year. Wow. I'm so happy that this series is getting another outlet. Like yeah, extremely great. excited. That's great. And that is all the news from me because I feel like I had so much. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't really have anything else um, that that's super interesting. I mean, I noticed that, uh, um, what was it? Like, it? You know, all the, the just more news coming out about the production delays on on eighty six. Some of it, like why certain things are happening. Instead, I know episode nineteen is now getting delayed to December, which is just like what a pain in the ass. Um, I want explanations. It's great. And I, and I don't think we're going to get them, and I don't necessarily think that, like, the state of um, Japanese media really is primed to get us to the kind of transparency uh, about television production in the country that would really matter or or allow folks to get a window as to, like, what's going on. We kind of just, we're all downstream of stuff, but, like, imagine... You know, when movies get delayed for whatever reason, you know, we that's reported on. It's something that we know about in, you know, in, in the West. Here, I just think that these studios are biting off more than they can chew. They have bigger ambitions than their budgets or their time, you know, will allow. And say what you will about the streaming model for a lot of uh, the anime that's coming up. I mean, I'm not a big fan of a lot of things that have happened. But at the very least, you just get the whole, you get the season. And there's none of this, yeah. like, you know, fucking around week to week, scrambling to do shit. Like, everybody saw when Dragon Ball Super was um, on, just some of the horrid animation. Horrid. Faces twisted around and contorted like they got shocked because the person doing the in-betweens was so overworked that they can only draw half a mouth. Like, things like that need to go away just for the general consumption. Like, I'm willing to wait. I am willing to wait. Not just wait a week. I'm willing to delay the season. If you cannot deliver, just delay the fucking season. There's more than enough stuff to watch. So there, there's that bit, but whatever. The other thing, um, just a, it's a minor update and expansion on a news item from last, I guess, uh, last summer. So when we found out that Hell's Paradise was getting an anime, it's also getting a stage play. And um, the manga has since ended. I have finished it. I think it is great. Um, and I can't wait for the anime to come, but it's also good to know that the series did clearly did well enough as far as like volume sales and general popularity, um, through jump that they are investing in secondary pro uh, projects, which is usually a good sign. Um, it's not that long of a series. I think it's in like the 200 chapter range so that you could get a few seasons worth of an anime out of it. But the thing is, it's gotta be able to, uh, make money and and so when i see so when i see stuff like this i'm like okay they there's a lot of avenues for this franchise to be valuable enough to continue because of like i have a feeling if i know the art and everything else which is gorgeous um from the manga that this needs to be a more i won't say like a prestige anime adaptation but a, a an in, well-invested one because the action scenes are where the manga lives and dies and if they cheap out because of whatever reason, it's a waste of time. So this looks good to me. So it makes me more optimistic that the series will be treated well when it finally um, gets a release window, which I don't think we'll know anything about until next year. Um, 
they probably will make some announcement in the uh, winter spring season about when it's coming. I don't expect to see it before the fall of next year. But anyway, that's it. That's the only news. All right. Um, I guess we should go on to recommendations. Yeah. So I have I saved this. It, it, we could have talked about this as part of the weekly watches, but I wanted to put some space. So I watched in its entirety the Netflix Cowboy Bebop adaptation with John Cho um, playing Spike. Um, and I know that it was a subject of a lot of interest first when it was announced and some teasers went out. People were super negative on the concept and then when the first um production shots were released and even the trailer there was a softening i think because folks realized that at the very least there was an effort being taken to preserve like the soul of the original um i was a person who kind of i ignored almost all the media and the chatter around it until the um first long preview trailer came and i liked the way that trailer was cut so I was actually kind of hoping for something a little more artistic. I, I talked to other folks who have now watched it, but they actually hated that first trailer. They thought what the, you know, it was very like, um, it, it was very, very high energy, but then also quippy and cut in a, I guess a David Lynch kind of way, like, they didn't like it. That was the bottom line. And the show is a lot less like that first trailer and a lot more like the last trailer, which is to say much more grounded, a lot of like, you know, interior establishing shots um, with conversations. There's some uh, some episodes with some pretty playful camera work and pretty playful editing. Um, I think episode six, when uh, uh, Jet's character is trying to be at his daughter's recital virtually while Spike is like fighting a bunch of people outside of the building. And the way it's shot... It's flat on looking out the windows and you kind of see the fight matriculating from, you know, space to space. But like Jet is stationary, you know, he's being projected into this other space so he can't react to what's going on behind him. And it was like that stuff like that was cool. There's also like a a longer faux single take fight scene from that's a flashback that is very much inspired by that hallway fight from Ichi the Killer. If anyone's familiar with that movie, like that famous like 100 man murder scene in the hallway, that was that was one take. They kind of do a version of that, and I think of all of the fight choreography that is in the series, that was my favorite because it was telling a visual story, it was telling a fight story, and it was also like uh, shot in an interesting way. Um, I think that comes in episode seven. So, bottom line for me is that I think it's a it's one of the best, if not the best, um, anglicized anime to live action adaptations. That's a lot of like, um, you know, qualifiers. But what I mean by that is, in Japan, there have there's a long history of, of adapting for live action. I've seen some good stuff. I've seen a lot of really really bad stuff. Um, my favorite that I saw was I think probably Blade of the Immortal. I think they did a good job with that one, even though they cut out a lot of the story um but by and large uh the attempts to anglicize those types of productions that is don't get like a an asian cast and then oh you know dub it or edit it straight up um american or english speaking script writers um adapting the concept for american tv or streaming with a 
a reasonable budget. I don't think there have been too many great examples of that. Everyone points to Death Note, which fucking sucked. It's absolutely terrible. Like, <laughs> like trashed here, everything. But, but I will say that, like, if you watch it, you understand what they think they're trying to capture from the anime, which is to say that this sort of heightened hyper reality where people kind of like the like the inner like lights inner monologues being these like incredibly overacted productions while the a- the actor who they got who was not very good is trying to like uh it, like uh, you know in in death of these scenes where like light will think something and then it'll have like this like deeply devious moment and then the, it'll cut to like a vision of his inner mind and he's like gloating or he's you know feeling some extreme emotion but then his real life persona is very you know buttoned up and everything else like the mustache twirling they try to insert that into the real world in the death note and uh uh live action and it was absolutely terrible like in addition to everything else sucking about it from a production standpoint like it didn't work in cowboy bebop when the show is sticking very very close to the source material it has a lot of the same energy that sort of like bouncy quippy irreverent but still like jazzy feel where everything kind of there are moments when everything works the music there is a all the original music as well as the music that was taken from the series comes back in at the right points there are some shots and some physical areas that both are are good microcosms of what the anime looked like but like scaled down into less over the top more real world proportions and they and it doesn't fail i think the first episode is a great example because it's more or less a um shot for shot remake of most of episode one of cowboy bebop of course they have to stretch them out because uh the original uh, anime is like 20 22 minutes whereas like these are 40 to 45 minute episodes so they 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 will they add in additional scenes and other content that may have been in other parts of the series or just straight up original stuff and that you can kind of tell when they're splicing that in but when they're sticking really close to the source material by and large it works they even do the uh the like the la noir um cop episode with jet where he goes back to you know find out who the guy who framed him um and it turns out like it's his old partner surprise but they shoot it everything when he's like on planet is shot kind of in the same way the episode is retinted to be sort of like washed out film noir you know um low low light you know uh uh uh, you know alleyways with uh, a lot of fog and everything like it looks like you're watching a completely different movie um and they do a great job and the episode actually works a lot better in my opinion than the um the animated version and likewise in another way they do the they do the episode where um i'm trying to remember what the uh the setup was it was like they when a, a spike is looking for a big bounty and it's like that uh uh what do you call it it's like the ai that has like become self-aware um and in that episode in the anime a lot of it is really about um fey hunting around and doing a lot of uh searching because spike goes missing and in this episode instead they do they shoot it kind of like the matrix where like spike is trapped in this repeating virtual world and so while everyone else is looking for his body i think in this case jet is the one who 
goes out oh. and, and finds him. They Wait, are these new storylines? No, this is a this was an episode from uh, the original. It's been so long since I've watched. It's the one with like the where it starts with like there's this creepy cult. I think they they this in the in the anime takes place after Ed has gotten onto the ship, and I will get to Ed in a second because I know anyone who watched the series knows probably where I'm going to go with that. But they Uh they they adapted it uh, and had it take place before, so Ayn is there, but Ed is not, and so. Um, in that episode, they are, you know, starts out, they're usually, they're, as usual, they're starving, and they need something to eat, and uh, they want a big bounty, and there's one bounty that apparently has been sort of um, eluding everybody, and it's this Dr., was it Dr. Lemdus or something like that? I remember what the what the thing was. And So the, the upshot is, Spike goes out on his own because he's frustrated, and he gets, um, uh, cyber, like, mind-fucked by a cyber like VR headset to join the consciousness of this cult. And so he just disappears. And we, the audience know that he, something bad has happened to him, but the crew doesn't. And so the episode in the anime is basically the crew trying to do detective work to find this bounty. And at the end, it turns out that in fact, it's a, it's not a bounty at all. It's this AI that's gone amok, run amok and is like joining people's minds together using, you know, uh, VR and, hypnotic suggestion and all this other stuff and it's one of the most s like esoteric episodes of cowboy bebop because in the in the original anime they spend a lot of time turning over the psychology of like what is self and sublimating into a mass consciousness and there was all this like you know transcendental philosophy that was all over the script and so to me that's the kind of episode that's actually very difficult to film and to turn into like a really fun because it's like one of the slowest there's no action whatsoever it all kind of ends with i think Faye finding spike and this community and ultimately pulling the plug and it's kind of a melancholy ending and obviously they don't get paid because there was no bounty it was just a it was an ai in this one they spend a lot more time on spike's perspective where he is being forced by the ai to give up his mental lifeline basically whatever his obsession in life that's keeping him like alive and it's all about Julia and this like repeating um, uh, scenario where she he's being hunted and she's always gets killed and blames him for it. And so they actually turn it into something that I think worked worked a lot better for TV. Like if they had done kind of a straight up remake of that episode, I I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. So there's stuff like that. So that's the that's the good, and the bad is a lot of the extra character building moments that they constructed for the show don't really work like jet is given uh a living ex-wife and a daughter and too much of the living yeah like too much of the plot revolves around his obsession with um being a a present uh father like he's like like a present father while his kid is being raised by his ex-wife and his old partner or one of his old like squad mates that who fucked che- his wife yeah that fucked his wife and so like it's it oh my god like from a from a narrative setup point it's not a bad idea but in execution what winds up because you know in cowboy bebop they they do move around a lot like they're able to fly to different planets and so on but like the family i think is on mars and there are up even up until the final climax they have to shoehorn in his jets family into things to the point where 
like I'm not a big fan of like child actors, but I will say the girl they got to play his daughter is cute. I never want to hear that actor say Kimmy ever again because like it's the joke that they or the jokes plural they mine from it like are funny at first. Like there's a whole episode where the subplot is he needs to get a doll um, for her so he doesn't seem like a complete deadbeat dad, and of course like while the rest of the plot is happening. He keeps fucking it up. Like the doll gets destroyed. He's he's broken. He's begging for money to pay for the rest. Of it. Like it's you know it that part fit with the theme. But like when you we've returned to their house six times across the whole season, it just felt like again you're you're you've added these ingredients, but you keep like remixing them and try to present them to me again, and they're not any better the second, third, fourth, fifth time. And none of the characters are likable. Like his ex wife is a is a is a bitch. She's supposed to be, and then his partner is an even bigger douchebag um, than any other character in the whole series. So that doesn't work. So the extra stuff, maybe in another series it would be fine. It kind of is jarring for Cowboy Bebop. And um, the last thing that people were complaining about was Vicious. And I will say this. The Vicious that is in this series is not the Vicious from the anime. He's not cool. He's not particularly brooding. He talks a lot. Um, has a lot of screen time. And the actor has an awful Wait, wig. Wait, what? Really? Yes. And so, at first, I was like, I don't know if I'm feeling this. And then, what kind of got me over the hump wasn't any particular performance it was just acknowledging that this is not the character from the anime. Because Vicious in the anime has no character. He's in four episodes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. You know, he doesn't really say very much. The final plot is very vague. Like, if you ask most people who are big Cowboy Bebop fans, what did Vicious actually do in the anime? Because everyone knows what he looks like. They know he has a sword. They know that Spike hates him and that maybe they remember that he had something to do with julia like you know getting hurt or killed or whatever but most people don't even remember the three episodes in the whole series that actually dealt with that plot so he's kind of a blank slate and he's not like the sephiroth like the proto sephiroth that i remember him to be in this one he's kind of like a he's a bully he's a thug he's a weak man but with who's incredibly violent and takes out that his weakness on the people around him and but he's also very accomplished as a fighter and a and a warrior and has some one really 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 good fight scene but it's a different character it's a totally different character and i'm not sure that the version that we got here is better than what's in the anime but at least i ended the series kind of knowing who this person was and what made them tick i just wish a they got him a better wig and b that maybe less could have been more like there's a lot of times when he's talking and saying what he's thinking or feeling when they could have just not done that. He could have been silent and it would have accomplished a lot more. Um, Cause like Spike talks a lot. So I don't need a second guy, especially in the flashbacks to be talking. Like I, how do you like John Cho? He grew on me very, really quickly, you know, and shout out to John Cho for committing to the role without knowing a lot about uh, Cowboy Bebop going in. But wait, like, what? wait, what? Yeah. What? He didn't. What? He hadn't. Uh, he he had not watched it before he got well, cast. Oh well, I don't care about cast, but as far as like you know, did, I'm, did he do the re- t- t- 
I think he. I think he watched it afterwards. I think when he. Okay, he watched it. Okay, but he well, didn't yeah, know. What, he didn't know anything going your, in. What is your impression of his take on Spike? I think it's a good one. I think that it's as you know. I was worried mostly because of his age, um, being about twenty years older than Spike is supposed to be in the oh, in the wait, anime. What? Wait, yeah. is John Cho that old? John Cho is like going into his like late forties. What? Yeah, John Cho is not young. By... I thought John Cho was like in the thirties. No, he's actually almost fifty. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, you know what? Those are you know, black don't crack, Asian don't raise it. He he okay. he he first of all, he looks great. Um he got in fantastic shape. Um as far as like uh choreography for the physical aspects of the fighting, he did pretty good. I mean, like the this is not a show that tries to do what Daredevil did and really um have like these iconic inspired fight scenes. They take, you know, they take their cues from the anime. So there are things that happen, you know, in the fight scenes that happen in the show, but like he's not trying to be an anime character. That said, the performance Good. is solid. Okay. He uh, John Cho is also just a charismatic likable person. And so that aspect of his, it's his acting, but it's also who he is as a, as a human comes out very easily in the Spike character. And, you know, when he's called on to do emotional scenes, he can do emotional scenes. If he's, if he's called on to be quippy and like funny, he's great. He has a really good chemistry with the core cast with the exception, actually, I think of the actor who played Vicious. But again, I think that's a function of, they were trying to create a character from a sketch and there's not as much you can do with that as like the rich cowboy bebop mainline characters. So overall, I would actually give his performance is better than the show. You know, he's not an A plus, but he's in that, you know, A range of like, yes, this is what you want out of your, your leading actor. Cause if Spike is not a likable guy, no matter what version of him you're getting, then the whole show falls apart. Um, so yeah, uh, I also okay. want to shout out the and I, I should know his name off the top of my head, but the black actor they got to play Jet, outside of the stuff with his like his family, which is not the actor's fault. That's just what's in the script. Yeah, it's the, he it's does the he does a fantastic job. His voice, you know, it's obvious that he's putting on a voice to get a little bit closer to the English voice actor for Jet, but it fits, and he owns that character by the second episode. And he does a great job, like just top to bottom. And I, I, I do actually want to give him his flowers, but I don't remember his name off the top of my head. So I apologize, um, you know, for anybody who's a big fan. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, so he does a fantastic job. And then there are there are some people who um, don't like the Faye character. Um, just the the acting and the casting and everything else. Actually, I'm I'm just gonna say that it all kind of it all kind of grew on me, like all of it. You know that that core group actually does have um, a lot of chemistry with each other. Uh, Daniela Pineda is the uh, actress who played Faye, but like she, uh, well, she's been well, she's been fighting the incels. Like, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I think she is the she is the character whose dialogue is most like her anime counterpart when it didn't necessarily need to be. They could have changed a lot of like 
her character to make it more realistic, and they didn't. Like, Jet was always kind of this, you know, character archetype, this, you know, the the hard-boiled um, cop, right? So, like, you can you can play that as a part. I mean, that's such a classic um, role. That's not an anime role. But, like, for Faye, she has to both be foul-mouthed and irritable, but then also chipper and cheery and sarcastic. And she has to have a pretty wide range, you know, in what she does. And they don't do her a lot of favors because they give her some pretty wacky fucking dialogue. Like, she'll say, like, fuck nuggets or whatever. I'm like, and it doesn't, it doesn't get at what that made that character work as well as an anime character. So, but I think she did fine with what she was given and the only thing i would have said is like she could have used some show hair i think hair is like the recurring thing john cho's hair was perfect hers was like flat and it always meant that her characters who was supposed to be like kind of sexy instead came off as just like you know the girl at the coffee shop who liked to dye her hair you know it didn't it wasn't it wasn't over the top enough or understated enough It, it missed but like her acting perfectly fine and and a lot of the supporting cast is very good so this is a long ass review, and uh, I'm gonna end it with no. Um, we we welcome this. Yes, we welcome this. Uh, the I one, mean, the... yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So the one thing that people have talked endlessly about that it's a it's in sort of the post credit scenes or the pre post credit. This it, the, the the last episode kind of ends three times. I'll put it that way. But the final scene that they that was recorded. Spike runs into, after like the crew breaks up and everyone kind of going their separate ways because bad things have happened, Spike is in an alley and he hears a, hears a voice or a dog bark and it's Ayn, but there's someone standing over him and it's Edward. And, oh boy, um, we shouldn't have done this. Uh, we should not. So, Everybody go knows. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not. Ahead. I'm not gonna. Ra- I'm. I'm trying go to like. Ahead. I'm formatting this in a, uh, of honest way. So, a lot of what this series did was try to cut shit that doesn't work, like with humans all together at once. Like there's wacky parts of Cowboy Bebop that mostly fit in the universe because of what anime and the writing can do okay Faye's character is a character it's not a person it's a character and that character gets over really well and like consider what what she's like um when she's bantering with the rest of the crew versus those episodes where she's learning about her past and she has to become a more grounded sort of like not this you know not the thing she's putting on but the real woman who's underneath that the girl who's underneath all that that works very well that duality edward there, like Edward enters the series at like a twelve, and then like has moments where it, that character is brought back down to like a three or a four. But when they're at a twelve, they are interacting with people not like a human being, right? Edward is bouncing around and like is manic, does all like the stretchy, wow. you know, like the the the. I'm now forgetting my my own um, media arts. College so do courses. you think this is why they didn't advertise him being in the series or them them the yeah I, I, the, it's either it's the, you know they they call her a she but i try to call her them because i think that yeah makes, that's a little more it's honest to what yeah 
Yeah. So what what they're doing in this series uh, is the most cartoon part of Cowboy Bebop. If you ever watch the show, this character is constantly bending and stretching and moving and doing things that are breaking the physics of the show and the way it's presented. That's sort of like hard science. Like you'll never see Spike's arm wiggle into a frame even though it you can do whatever you want it's it's animation it never happens because all the other characters are human beings in a human being you know in a realistic world edward is a warner brothers cartoon character that is shot like a a bullet into the series and therefore injects a whole different life and attitude and bounce to the show when you bring that into live action you have to think really long and hard about how you're going to portray this like manic cartoon energy in a human being. That's why I don't like, you know, if you ever watch like um, uh, The Cat in the Hat, the movie, they uh-huh. have to create a surreal world that everybody is living in that is already a cartoon in order for the, was it Jim Carrey who was doing The Cat in the Hat, you know, in, mm-hmm. the, in the suit wacky arm stretching violent breaking the fourth wall violating physics you know like in order for that to work you have to have this completely surreal world ed can't be surreal because the show isn't surreal enough it's like surreal in the where everyone's wearing like 1970s clothes it's has afros exactly it's not in at the end of the day cowboy bebop the show is not a cartoon and so be- yeah. and so because yeah. of that what ed is as a character in, embodied in, I think the the actor's name is um, Eden Perkins, who I'm sure is a, a fine actor. Like, uh, whatever. Like, I don't. I have no no ill will towards them. But if that's what we're gonna get in potentially in season two, that's not how I would have done the case because the, the dialogue comes off like it's a it's a feels like this person is cosplaying Edward and is repeating lines in the sort of wacky cadence that Ed has. And it, this is a horrible, horrible description. It's not I good. It. It's not good. I, you know what? I, you know what I feeling I had. I hate it. So I this is a, this is even worse comparison. So my most hated movie of all time is uh, Batman versus Superman. I think it's just the biggest failure of a film at every possible level that you could that Hollywood could could make. But at the end of that movie, after everything is done, the city's blown up. They have a scene where. Uh, it's like the post credit scene where Lex Luthor is on a yacht and they're trying to set up for the next movie. So they're showing you like who was, who's the nefarious villain that he's meeting with. And it turns out to be Deathstroke. But the costume that they got for that actor looked so bad. It looked like bad cosplay to the point where I have put together and worn a better Deathstroke costume than they put in that actual Hollywood movie with millions of dollars behind it. And that's what that was the feeling I got when Edward came on screen is that they're just it, they looked like they were wearing like bad cosplay clothing. They sounded like they were cosplaying this character and it just was so totally tonally different and not in a pleasant way that I was like praying for this actor because it's not their it fault. It sounds like it was misdirected. Yeah. And the thing is, okay, and I, I so this is for people who have seen what I'm talking about, but you can find this post credit scene on YouTube. Let me just in one in a one minute spitball how I would have done this. Okay, 
Edward's character in the series is one where they've got this crazy hacker persona who's very wild and irreverent and just sort of all the way out there. And then at the end of the series, we find out underneath that they are just a sad, lonely child. And they want, you know, their 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 father was weird as fuck and like all this other shit. They're, they are a... Tra- Edward is, is a tragic character, okay? So what I would have done is gone the other way. Make the Edward the actor the version that is... You know, not the wacky version, but the sad version, okay? Play all the dialogue, like, uh, you know, low-key or even, like, almost, like, borderline incel, whatever. But the when, the wacky version of Edward should be the hacker persona, which, hap- which you could do, for example, with maybe this character doesn't want to show their face all the time. So those goggles that they have, put something on the goggles. Make the goggles animated. Make, you know, the... The, when they are wearing this, when they are sort of in that mode, they are interacting with people like they're they're crazy, right? But visualize it instead of making the actor, giving the actor nothing, no room to go anywhere. Like, you know, find giving a creative. The actor no room to interpret it to interpret it on their own. Yeah, like put the put the wackiness as part of the filter that Edward puts up to other people. So maybe maybe they'll only communicate. Um, indirectly like they're there but they talk through the computer they talk through the software that they're making that can be animated it can be an actual cartoon character projected into that world in some way and have that and have that be the wall that the other characters eventually break down over the course of you know their interaction where you you the moment where you there where where john cho is talking to edward and not ed like a person mean something so that's how i would have approached that so do you think that well first of all i don't like how ed wasn't part of the promotional material because they're only in the thing for like 30 seconds at the end of the last episode are you yeah okay well okay i think that this is a um well now that transitions into me thinking that this was an act of arrogance that they assumed that people were going to like it and that they were going to green it for a second season. Maybe they rewrote. I don't want to get into like the heavy spoilers, but they remixed and rewrote the ending of Cowboy Bebop and stuck it kind of chronologically in the middle of the story. So that what? What? So that. They could do the everybody splits up thing, which happens in episode 2022, um, where they all go their separate ways, but do it in a way where if there was going to be no season two, then there's a, you get the hard ending, everything's kind of wrapped up, but there's enough hooks there and enough story left over that if you wanted to come back with a second season, you could do it without completely violating the continuity of the show because again i'm gonna point this out cowboy bebop is not really presented in a in a a, an episodic kind of format it's actually very serial there's only four episodes that deal with the main plot and beginning middle and end right there's like the the flashback episode um for spike when he finds out julia is still alive the commitment to kill vicious and then the last episode right that's that's it there's nothing else that is chronologically fixed anywhere in time. 
Because they'll be like, you know, the, you'll see the crew one week and they were like doing the mushroom thing. And then they're literally on the other side of the solar system the next time you see them doing something else. So they they took that and they moved a lot of the story about the syndicate to what I would consider the first 12 episodes of the series. You know, like they because mm-hmm. they took a lot of the, the stuff from the first 12 episodes. So they they chopped and screwed and remixed some things to make that work out. So I don't I know. I wouldn't go so far. So as is it's, it like? A failed condensation. It's not failed. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is that like it, they, as a show, if I never watched Cowboy Bebop, I didn't know anything about the original um, continuity. If I watched this, I would be reasonably entertained. Things would move at an even pace. Like the 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 main story would move. All the characters get introduced. They have um, a couple episodes worth of character growth. They spend a lot of time interacting with each other, and then they have a. Uh, a conclusion to their arc in that 10 episodes i think that the that the tv series is if if you compare that to the original cowboy bebop it's all over the fucking place um because like the whole thing with the syndicate that subplot which is ultimately the end of of spike's story is delivered like haphazardly in like it doesn't kind of all come at the end really like he doesn't talk anything about his past at all and then, like, in episode 12 or 13, he finds out that Julia might still be alive. And then you don't hear anything about that until the Piero episode where the assassin comes after him. And then it kind of all goes to the, the end of the story. And, like, Jet doesn't get any real resolution on anything except for the thing with his partner. Faye has the two episodes with her backstory, her past. And that's it. Like Two episodes? Yeah, it's only two. There's a one where she gets the VHS tape, and then there's a one where she goes to the um, uh, the old cryo hospital where she um, got revived, and that's where she discovers that... I'm talking about from the anime. This is where she discovers that the people who said they were yeah, their, yeah, her yeah, relatives yeah, yeah, scammed yeah, yeah, yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she only... Ha- it's just those two episodes, and then literally she has a cameo in Spike's like suicide mission where she covers him from her ship and then flies away. Like that's it. That's the that's that's the show. So they took a lot of those character building um, episodes that are spread out over the whole series and pushed them much further so that they got resolution. And remember, Jet didn't have any of that. So that's why they invented the daughter and the ex wife characters for the series so that he could then have a resolution. The problem is that they threw the daughter into the final thing with Spike as well. What? And I didn't. It didn't work. It just didn't. It just didn't. It for me personally, that just didn't. It didn't work for me. I I didn't find like so. Okay, we were getting in spoiler territory. Minor spoilers. So the plot. You know what? I I feel like we should make this um, its own thing. Not its own thing. I feel like we should make this really like a YouTube series. Oh, okay. Okay. So I mean, you can continue right now. So everyone, if you're watching it right now, we'll. James is going to finish. Yes. I'm not going to like censor him. But we, I feel like, well, we'll talk about this afterwards. Keep yeah. Going. Okay. Keep going. Um, so cut, cut here for spoilers. So um, Kimmy, who is Spike, uh, sorry, is Jet's daughter, uh, is kidnapped by Vicious as a way to get at the crew of the, of the Bebop uh, after Spike has um, more no, or less d- disappeared. I hate this. I hate this. So, I, I, no, no. So, this occurs while Spike is out 
soloing um, Mad Piero, just like in the anime. And uh, the in this version, the crew of the Bebop actually w- make a plan to help him, but he double crosses him in a way and disables the ship so they can't come down because he wants to handle it on his own. And at this point, they don't know anything about his backstory. So when he deals with the Mad Clown, he is injured in a massive explosion and uh, is taken back to Anna's bar on Venus. I think I think that's where where it is. So Anna is the is a, a side character who was in the anime, but she doesn't have anywhere near the level of involvement in the story in the anime as she does in the in the show. So at this point, all the whole team eventually meets up again and. Jet is under the impression that Spike is a former special forces, which would explain why this crazy assassin with all these abilities is coming after him, but learns at the bar that, in fact, Spike is a member of the syndicate, an organization that Jet has incredible beef with, and so they do the split up thing because Jet is uh, uh, hurt that Spike would hide something that important from blah, 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 blah. So you think, okay, great, we've gotten all the other characters out, now Spike can go do his suicide run, end of story. No. Instead, Vicious kidnaps Jet's daughter and tells Jet that he has to, since he doesn't know where Spike is, not realizing Spike's coming to him, that Jet has to turn over Spike. And so he knocks him out and throws him in the back of a trunk and proceeds to basically or they what we think he's going to betray him but it's a double cross and they fight only to realize that vicious outsmarted them um use a hologram projection uh instead of ha- being at the meetup place with the girl they are defeated by more goons dragged to the to the cathedral which is now the stand-in for the headquarters of the syndicate because if you remember at the end of the of the anime he charges in and at the top floor of the syndicate headquarters is there is this cathedral like area they have now just shifted to a a other location so jet is tied up the girl is tied up spike is tied up vicious does some mustache twirling promises to kill the girl in front of jet faye busts in with the ship because she had left earlier because she didn't want to betray spike massacres all of vicious's guards is able to free the girl and then spike sends everyone away with Faye to do a 1v1 with Vicious, which kind of ends the same way as the anime. Whereas in the anime, you just see, like, the sword is in one, is, like, sticking in Spike, he's got the gun on Vicious, and then we don't see the ending. But in this, we do get an ending, because Julia, who is not dead, shows up and betrays Spike and Vicious, and at that point, uh, pulls a gun and, I think, shoots Spike, and he falls out of a out of a window and uh that's sort of the end of the series so you can see how they managed to like shoehorn in all the stuff with jet's daughter into the climax of the series as a way to get the team back together for one last you know fight scene is a big shootout in this church oh my god this sounds like a hate watch yeah so i didn't i did not like that i felt like you know the vicious character from the anime who again is very enigmatic and smart yes. yes you know like he and and crazy he is crazy that's not something he would do. he wouldn't like bring all the people you know now mr bond you're going to watch as your friends are murdered in front of you like he's not that that kind no. of character 
that nigga yeah okay. that's not who he is however the vicious from this series is a vain um uh an, an arrogant vicious yeah uh, someone who the, his his whole pathos through the whole series is that his own father doesn't think anything of him because he's so rash and violent and that spike who was his partner as a hitman in the syndicate was always cleaning up his messes and in the end when vicious murders his father and murders the all the leadership of the syndicate and seizes control for himself he has gone fully insane like he is obsessed with spike killing him you know for a variety of reasons including cucking him because you know he hates the fact that julia was in love with him instead of you know, spike instead of him like all that like you know how niggas feel about their penises exactly so like that so what i'm saying is that i don't look at those two characters the one from the anime and the one from this series as being the same character and i like the anime version because it's one of those show don't tell you don't know very much about him and so you can sort of insert any qualities you want on him he's just a bad guy who's dangerous you know and highly skilled this version of vicious is kind of pathetic you know he's crying he's you know when he's younger his he's being bitched out by his dad he he's even though he's very violent and kills people aggressively and and you know in a cool way he is shown to be reckless whereas spike is supposed to be the cool calm collected dude with who has it all he just is very loyal to his friend like that i buy that this behavior from those characters what i don't buy is why we had to shoehorn jets story climax or post climax of with his daughter into this part i guess all they wanted to do was put jet Faye, and spike in the church with vicious for the showdown for a shootout that's what they wanted to do um i didn't like that i was not a fan of that but i don't think that it hurts the vicious character because uh this version is really has a is more three-dimensional is much more of like a a violent loser mad person than a cool calm collected like he's he's pathetic i mean when he you know he he abuses julia constantly physically mentally emotionally through the series i feel like i would prefer the cool calm and collected as opposed to the loser i agree i think that it's better but it's sort of like there was um, a great interview with uh james cameron who i don't respect in a lot of things but he was talking about wait jay yeah james cameron so he was talking about he was talking about like the beef between him and ridley scott uh over over the alien versus aliens and ridley scott had had this quote where he was like you know the creature is more wait are we are we are we talking about avatar no no no, yeah avatar james cameron yeah he was Oh my God! Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, but he was, okay. but he was talking about like over, you know. So uh, Ridley Ridley Scott was responsible for the first Alien movie, and James Cameron did the second Aliens. And if you've ever seen those two movies, they are tonally very different from each other. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. both movies are. I put them in my top ten of all time. Like I think they're just a absolutely. Oh. I think they're just absolutely fantastic films. But th- but James Cameron was being interviewed, and notoriously, Ridley Scott hates James Cameron, and he hates everything about what he did with the Aliens franchise. And so it was about the Alien, and Ridley Scott had this like this this salty quote, which is not wrong. That you know the power of the Alien was that it was unseen 
and was menacing and was always there but yet never there. So if you go back and watch the movie, there's not a lot of scenes with the actual alien in it. You know, there's a lot of like, you see parts of it. You see it in the dark. You see a shot of its face and then a body getting dragged somewhere. It was that feeling of like dread. Whereas he felt like in Aliens, James Cameron said, oh, you like one alien? How about we put hundreds of them in there? And they're everywhere. And they're coming out of the holes and the walls and the this and the that. And it's like, it's crazy. And, and, and James Cameron's basically saying that you can fill, a movie can be filled in in the margins or it can be filled in in the, in the camera where you actually can see. And neither one of them is a, is a bad choice. But they're a choice. Um, I, that's kind of where I'm at with like this vicious in the live action versus the one that's in the, um, you know, in the anime. You, we all filled in our own kind of story and characterization for the vicious of the original series because he's not he's not there. He didn't do anything. He he murders yeah. he murders Mao and and blows up a ship. He's brooding in a corner. He's you know doing something looking for julia and then there's like some scenes you at know the what end. and i you know what i'm just gonna intercede yep. for a moment yep and you can you have can at it continue um this has made me uh like turn around and refocus on samurai shampoo oh boy yeah <laughs> this is the and i mean i mean yeah yeah Phil, and you can continue after this but like all this cowboy bebop top talk and like everything that's going on around it it's kind of made me basically be like okay nigga so you need to be like in and of of shampoo and then also um outlaw star mm, love outlaw star and you need to like you not to say that like you know oh you need to be ready to defend these shits to the death <laughs> on social media like ah! it's no it's just like you know i felt like i need to know like why those things resonated so much more with me as opposed to like American framework animation animation. I don't and know. So, That's a good question. That's a very good question. Yeah, like why did this stir something in me more than like actual American animation? And like, you know, it could be, hey, this was this was from another like, you know, minority group, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you know, things were altered because you know when you go american you go christianity and then you go like oh we can't we're not gonna air this because this is against you know et cetera, et cetera. but you know like it, yeah it no I, I feel you about like specific things i think that's a great observation i think that there's something about context where if you absorb something context-free um you will buy like a great example is like dragon dragon ball we talked about dragon ball before um, but in America, the way Dragon Ball and like uh, you, you could take North America or even South America, which has its own interesting traditions. But the way we interpret Dragon Ball and the way it's interpreted in Japan are completely different. I mean, there's things that are the same about it, but like nobody in Japan. Them niggas love Goku. Yeah, but like no one in Japan uh, culture, culture matches Piccolo to a black person. Oh. You know what I mean? Like that's just oh. an that's just an American oh. thing, right? We do that okay, because. Okay, so that's something that I'm not familiar with because Piccolo's a nigga. Obviously, like, but like, like it, it, it's a nigga. <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to. We don't need to 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 debate that. That's a fact. That's, that's yeah. That, that's a fact. That, like, that, that, Piccolo's a nigga. 
Gah. Those <laughs> those are facts. But the thing is that when we get Dragon Ball, we get it context free for the most part out of Japan. And then we code everything on top of it from our own perspective. And what happens is some aspects are pulled all the way out of the show where like, you know, the when people talk about their emotional connection to the moment Goku went Super Saiyan for the first time. You know, when they saw it, it was with the Bruce Falconer soundtrack. It was with Sean Schimmel's voice in their head. And it was in a context where Dragon Ball had been Americanized. And a lot of the details that were important to, like, Toriyama were just washed out of the show. Not by anybody's fault. It's like, we don't have the cultural context to to understand, like, what Mr. Popo is. Or, like, you know, what some of these characters are supposed to physically... I mean, I remember I had an argument... Because do you remember a show that it came? It was actually produced in Canada, but it was a it was a uh, it was also an anime called Monkey Magic. Do you remember that show? It would come on mm. in like early in the morning mm. on like regular network TV. Yes, yes, Monkey Magic. Yes, Monkey Magic had an awesome. Yeah, theme. I did. I did not watch it because it was called Monkey Magic. Yes, it. So that that was a more, much more direct um, journey to the West uh, anime. I get. I mean, I get, it was it was produced in France and some other places. But bottom line is that like that was a straight up. This is the this is the real story of the myth with the you know the Son Goku trapped under a rock. The prince in this case, I think it was a princess. They they gender swapped that character, but you know is in trouble and frees him. Promises to free him from the rock if if she if he'll like wear this crown. That if uh, she tells him to sit, then. He, he has to obey her, basically, which, by the way, is where that gimmick from Inuyasha is from. It's from the original Journey to the West um, story. But Monkey Magic and Dragon Ball are retellings of the same myth. And I remember having arguments with people when I was in elementary school because I happened to know that. I knew that piece of cultural trivia. And I was trying to explain to them that, no, it's not a knockoff of Dragon Ball. It's, they're just adapting the same story, you know, with with their own flavor one is more traditional than the other and i say the same thing about like how we interpret anime and also how anime how other cultures interpret american culture you get it minus a lot of the context so the parts that stick out to you in your culture and resonate with your culture become like heightened to they take that shit up to 11 piccolo isn't just like this cool warrior from a alien planet he's a nigga like he's me he's he's, a ni- he's my cousin piccolo is a nigger. Yeah. Nigger. Nigger. Yeah, but like no Japanese person. <laughs> no Japanese person looked at that. Nigger. <laughs> this nigga's a nigger. Yes. Like, I don't. Well, but, okay. But, yeah, but, but you get my point. Japanese. No Japanese person looked at that character and made that assertion. And on top of that, the qualities of who Piccolo is came out and are heightened in a different way in an American context than Japanese. So I think that's part of... I think somewhere in that answer is probably like the, the Samurai Champloo, um vibe where you're like, why is it that I'm seeing a reflection of a part of my culture that I connect with? But it's like been... It's been heightened up to a level, simplified and heightened in a way that only works in this other outside kind of alien context. This earnestness about the this love of like the hip hop and the music, but then also like if you try to do a live action uh, samurai shampoo, it would never work, or it'd be very difficult no, to work. No, 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 no. If they touch 
this shit, I will be a vitriolic I'll be, I'll be anti-advocate. Bad. No, you're you you and me would probably be on the same page, but the reason why it wouldn't work out in most people's hands, I'm not saying it's impossible, is because you are now doing that thing where you're playing cultural and uh uh you know uh, what media, I think? media telephone where something's I'd... yeah go ahead go ahead well okay so what you were saying with media telephone I don't want Hollywood actors I don't want the name I want the niggas who can do it and by I say niggas I mean you know they might not actually be niggas they might actually be like you know um, uh, adjacent niggas the people with the and talent to pull off this idea whoever they the are people with the talent and I feel like this coincides with like the One Piece anime adaptation like announcement. Like, what is that guy? The guy who's playing Zoro. Oh right, um, right. He is he is a Japanese actor, um, and I feel like he he comes from like his father was a Japanese actor, et cetera, et cetera. He I feel like he's gonna slay it. Yeah, so I don't have any. Comes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, I think his name is Miyuki or something like something like that. Whatever, he's hot as fuck. That's the main reason I I researched him. You guys can drag me if you want, but he's hot. But um, when we if we're going to like Samurai Shampoo after what we did, what's happened with um, Cowboy Bebop, I'm not expecting people because I think we mentioned it last week or we discussed it last week where it's just like. The one one piece is too big to not have a live action. Yeah, too much money, Samurai, too much everything. Samurai Champloo and Cowboy Bebop, I feel like they're on the same level. I feel like Samurai Champloo on a lesser level, um, because not as many people are familiar with it, and even with Outlaw Star. But you know what? I don't want these niggas to touch Outlaw Star until they get their shit together. Yeah, because. Outlaw Star, honestly, is one of my favorite anime series of all fucking time, just simply based off of the A aesthetic. So, when we're talking about Samurai Champloo, if you can't live up to Shiki no Uta, the ending, Mm. like, if you can't live up to that A aesthetic, I don't want it. I don't want it. If the entire, if if you give me a lukewarm episode and then you put on Shiki no Uta to like some like random ass fucking actors just like sitting on a sunset. I'm going to flame the shit out of you. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm, I'm with yeah. you and I, and that I'm just, and where I'm going is it's that, it's that game of telephone that is where everything can easily fuck up because if you take all the influences that the that went into Samurai Shampoo or a, a, a One Piece or a Cowboy Bebop or an Outlaws, anything that you're working with, you take all the influences. The original creator, when they made that thing, figured out a way to balance all of those disparate ideas. And also, you know, if they work, I mean, I'm just assuming like we're talking about series that, that worked, right? The Whatever worked about them was that, that balance of... Uh, concepts and execution when you then try to translate that back into what i would call like a secondary media something that is now derivative of the derivative okay it's very easy to have stuff get 
lost in translation going the other way. You know, like even just going yeah. from a, yeah. even just going from like manga to anime or anime to live action or anime to live action in another country or anime to sequel. There's some part that it's it's so it's so easy. It's almost like it has to happen. You're gonna lose something, and then other elements are gonna get heightened because they were the thing that really stuck out. Like I don't know if you ever uh, gone if you if you spent any time with like people who are gym rats, and they'll and you know if you ever feel I want to work out, I want to go to the gym, whatever. And you see all these people, and they have big muscles, and you look at what they do at the gym, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna lift the heaviest weights, or they're using certain machines, or they're bench pressing. You're like, oh, okay. To get big muscles like them, I need to just do the stuff that they're doing. And then you talk to a personal trainer for the first time, and they tell you, "Oh hell no! What are you talking about? The most important you gotta part." You got to work up to that shit. Now. Yeah, it's not the it's not the heaviest weights. It's how you're conditioning your your uh, the secondary muscles, the supporting muscles, the things that like that you don't look at. They're not the they're not the pecs. They're the connecting muscles on the sides that are what allow your big muscles to do more stuff. And it's like, it's the unfun part where you're like, oh, that's why people don't just squat. They also do this, these other like rotation of exercises. That's why like triceps are just as important as this other thing. It's the connective secondary um, stuff that's in there that makes the, that makes the big thing work. And that's true for, especially for anime and, and big properties. What's cool about One Piece is not that Luffy has long arms or that he's grinning all the time. Or that like he has a straw hat or his outfit or or the color of all of his friends' hair. It's the balance of all of the stuff that's in One Piece. And you take anything out of there without replacing it with something else that can do the same job. And the whole thing falls apart. It falls apart immediately. And so that's 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 why I would just take it all the way home. Why I think that the um Cowboy Bebop live adaptation is actually pretty good. It's not great. It's like a B minus, you know, an eighty. It's not a. It's not a B plus, and it's not. It's not a failure because they they lost yeah. a lot of stuff when they had to go from Japan to America, animate a live action, and uh, the budget, the re- the relative budget and creativity that you lose when you don't have Yoko Kano um, in the studio every day working on the score. You know, when you don't have all of the legendary uh, producers and animators who were behind that project, when you don't have that lightning in a bottle, when you don't have any of that stuff and you have to now start creating again from the same concept, you have to replace all of that with something. And the stuff that they stuck in there um, to replace what was lost is not bad. In other cases, it has been horrible. And I would say that there are still things in this that are not good. (laughs) <laughs> do not make me happy and bring down the overall show but like they got the parts that needed to be right as good as you probably could in this kind of a project so if they told me next week that there was going to be it was greenlit for season two i would still hold my breath because a lot of this the story skeleton of cowboy bebop has been complete like they turned a like you ever see those they, the cryptids so like uh People who who like uh, think Bigfoot is real, and they'll they'll have these museums of like animals that don't exist, like chupacabras and whatever. And when you look at them, they're just like taxidermied other animals, just remixed. Yes. Or they'll, yeah, they'll yeah, or they'll get yeah, like yeah, the yeah. skeletons of 
like way, way back in the day before we knew what dinosaurs were and they would dig up these skeletons and they would just put them in any arrangement so like oh yeah this is a dragon it's like a triceratops but they've moved the head and the arm and the leg so it looks like it's standing like a dragon when that's not what the real animal was that's what happens with live action adaptations you are rearranging the skeleton and the guts and the fur and the everything else of this like animal and if you had to bring it to life you hope it doesn't die immediately and they did a good job like they found more or less the right actors the music is there you know the the formatting for longer episodes the stuff they they threw in is not bad the interactions because there's a lot of banter in this a lot and for the most part it's funny the new scenes mostly work some of the stuff doesn't i they they knew they couldn't work with the dog too much they didn't they did not ask that dog actor to do very much he had to just fall over or like paw up it's a cute dog it's a corgi you know it's doing his thing or no it's she being not corgi and uh you know like the little stuff some of it is missing some of the charm doesn't work some of the choices like vicious and julia i think become annoying but overall i would recommend this i would actually say give it a shot if you like the first episode or at least it doesn't offend you um then you'll probably wind up enjoying the series but that that jet family storyline needed to end it like episode four and i'm just angry that it infested the final scene it did not need to be there we could have found some other way to get jet into that uh church like any literally anything else than what they did <laughs> so that's my hour-long rant about the uh wait was it an hour it wasn't an it hour, wasn't an it, hour. Wasn't an hour. But... it wasn't an hour and hopefully a lot okay, of it will so be cut. I mean, you've you've convinced me to give it the time of day because I originally was like, I'm just going to watch Arcane. Uh, what? Um, I would just say watch the first episode and maybe you don't need to watch anymore. But that tell that that is about the level of where the show is. And it's, I don't think it's, it's bad. I'm not I am not a I'm not angry at it. I would I, I watch it with my wife. And well, she liked I, th- it, I don't so. think that it sounds. Oh, oh, OK. So. Uh, what did your wife think about it? She, we watched the first two episodes and then she had to go to bed, but she actually enjoyed, she remembered, so she's not a big anime watcher, but when we were. I know this, but I, like, it's so intriguing to me to, which I don't want to use your wife as like a test subject. It's fine. <laughs> I, I use her as a test like, subject. I'm always trying to I figure out like, she's I, into I, it. I, like, I like to hear someone outside of our um, you know, spear. Yeah. Like what what they think of the things that we have like criticisms of. Yeah, I I mean I will I'll ask her directly at some point, but in watching it, uh Well, how many episodes? Were those the only episodes that she watched? So she, she watched finish it with So you? she did not finish it because I marathoned it last night. She watched like the first two and a half and then had to go to bed. But I will say this. So she is not coming at this cold. Um she has seen Cowboy Bebop before she's, but she's seen the anime But it so. was but it was um all, how long ago? I guess like five, 6 or 7 years ago. So she didn't it's, Yeah, because I mean it's not like a recent no. thing. It, yeah. it, she was yeah, she yeah. would watch it sometimes cuz I would have it on Adult Swim, you know, back in the day when it was In the background. The, yeah. yeah. So she recognized all the characters, didn't necessarily know everybody's name, but I would say it's basically coming at it cold. And she oh, liked the God. she liked the first two episodes. She thought that they were fun. And I was the one who was picking out, oh, that's from this episode of the series. Oh, they moved this here. Oh, they changed this line of dialogue. Like I was noticing that stuff. She was just watching it as a show. And as a show, at least in, definitely in those first two episodes, 
it it holds up just fine wow okay this is so intriguing okay so this i feel like this kind of like um dampens my like um critical aspect of it because i i feel like netflix isn't going at it primarily for the weebs probably not they're going at it for oops they're going at it for the general audience yep i i think so i i think that's why they chose john cho to be even part of it because which yo i love like i love john cho yeah like i love him i thought that was a great way to like drive interest towards the series but also like weebs are vitriolic Mm -hmm. like they are they i mean i feel like they did not learn their lesson from death note (laughs) in a sense but okay yeah so anyway that that's my that's my report i i do recommend it that people give it a try i've seen the whole thing so i kind of know where there are flaws and some for some people you know it may be a a deal breaker or a turnoff and that's okay you know I, i think that's totally fine but it's not a it's it's by no means a failure at all and we've seen a lot of failures a lot you know this is this is this holds up on its own hi everyone so this episode actually was insanely long um and uh, the latter part of it just really doesn't even matter that much we are going to add that onto another shorter episode in the future but if you have not already just make sure you go ahead and follow us on social media anime underscore savants on twitter and just regular anime savants on instagram youtube tiktok and facebook we also have a special episode coming up with a new guest and you know it's the holidays so you guys might see that episode soon or you might not but yeah thank you for listening bye (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.